that's a very Grant play to to eke out EV on on booze that he's made. Malort. There's no yeah. such thing as EV on Malort. It's all <laughs> just bad. It's all negative. <laughs> Tastes like an abortion clinic in Iceland. <laughs> well, a toast to Grant. A toast to Grant Castleton there. Yeah. The taste of EV. Uh, tastes like drinking a negative, Sharpie. Negative EV. Yeah. yeah. I've always heard a, a, a burnt condom full of gasoline. <laughs> well, you had I some think one day at work in, um, lunch, like we tried to just think of a million different sayings for how bad Malort actually tastes. Casey, you tried some Malort when you were at D Men. What'd you think? I that is the fourth time I've had Malort. Oh, okay. You had had it before, and I think many things about it. Uh, none of them good. Uh, bitter. Yeah, I mean, like as a one-off shot, it's just you kind of make the bitter face and move on with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once you once you fall into a crowd that makes you do it every time, it's you get used to it. Yeah. No, no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, it's the equivalent of a broken glass enema. There's nothing pleasant about it. <laughs> yeah, but the but the wrong way. Yeah, but what right. about the way you feel after? I, I, none of it's good. There's no good part about that. I don't feel better right now. <laughs> Cam's actually going to pull what so, he did last time right now. So how are we going to wrap this up, guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just end it before it begins. Are we done? Right. Yeah. Cam, done? Man, thanks, Moss. It was nice talking to you tonight. <laughs> yeah, man. Have a good night. Cam, Cam, what did you get from Grant for your secret Santa? Uh, I got <laughs> a couple. Let's I got document a couple, this tragedy. I got a couple uh, Chronicles, Earnham Gins uh, with Santa hats on them. Uh, I got the, the the one card I'm using from him. He did a JM Day tone that has the, the title of the card crossed out. It says the list, like the naughty list. And then it has all our names on it, which I, I don't know if he's saying that we're naughty or good or what, but it was within, it was on theme. It's the hit list. Yeah. And then I got a half filled bottle of homemade Malort and then <laughs> another little shooter of that's actually just fermented <laughs> piss. He fished out of his toilet. Good Lord. I, it, could, it could be toilet water. <laughs> I mean, who it's knows? Malort. Who knows? It, it, it yeah. probably tastes similar. So it cost him more to mail that shit than it did for him to make it or procure it. And then in, re- in return, he gets this like awesome demonic tutor altar that quail did that he he'll never cast and doesn't deserve. <laughs> yeah. Moss is still bitter, by the way. Yeah, that's okay. I'll have Tyler edit this part out. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Just like all the other parts you have. <laughs> yeah, we we've so only had. I think we've only had to make one edit ever, and it was when Bob was dunking on some people that didn't need to be dunked on. So we don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to go into gory details there, but it was Bob's fault.
Yeah. I mean, is this whatever dunk, dunk cast? We're going. Are we going to get the knives out and go? <laughs> oh, each other? Is it time to- I got a list. I have a list. <laughs> One of these days, we'll have a, a cast where we name names, but that's not tonight. Moss walked away with X the Beast, so he's fine. Like he, he acts bitter, but in the end, he got what he wanted, and he didn't have to pay $150.69 for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so broken. <laughs> you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, man. No. You sound good. How how the uh, how's the bathroom renovation going? Uh, I think I got everything back together. Um, <laughs> but we'll find out when there's a fucking puddle in the morning. <laughs> I bought a uh, I bought like a plastic a plastic like adjustable kit bucket to, a, a bucket. Fit, no, I, that's already under there. That's where he's taking his <laughs> shits tonight. <laughs> to, to, fit like, <laughs> to fit like any any like attachment, so I have to see if that'll work. Um, but I got everything hooked up. It's like drying right now. Then I got to connect it all. Reach into that bucket about the bidet that he tried to install and his wife had to finish for him. I didn't install that. She did. Oh, that's right. Dick didn't even start it. He just, I didn't fuck with the bidet. I sat on it a couple (laughs) of times and shot up my ass. (laughs) Fuck that. Merely for pleasure though. Merely for pleasure. Reach into that bucket and pull out one of Cam's deck lists. (laughs) (laughs) It's nothing she did. I just, I'm just too big. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no comment um okay so recording sounds good levels look good i'm gonna go ahead and kick this off um oh check that um and then we'll get after it and there is not much agenda here so we'll just, we'll just have fun shoot for the moon <laughs> <laughs> come up miles short <laughs> yeah miles short yeah <laughs> Okay, this is PitCast. The date is December 28th, 2021. We're going to go ahead and squeeze in one more episode before the end of the year. And, uh, you know, since I was kind of putting together, putting this together on the fly and at a moment's notice, I went ahead and invited uh, some of my best friends and bitterest enemies here in the old school. I hate to really use the word community, (laughs) the old school, uh, whatever it is. Uh, But how about we go opposite of the order we did last time? So we'll work west to east and uh, we'll start with the international man of mystery, Cam Wall, by way of Happy Valley, Oregon. Hello, Cam. Hey, good evening. Just enjoying uh, Grant's Christmas Secret Santa gift or not enjoying it, more likely. (laughs) You guys got some snow out there, right? Yeah, yeah, we got dumped on, and now it's supposed to just get down into the 20s, which I know doesn't mean anything for you guys, but people out here drive like shit, and so the entire city freezes out, um, and nobody does anything until it melts. So we're in for a rough couple days, but uh, bunkered down, got plenty of beer in the fridge. Um, Are you going to be able to – how far away is Lorian staying from where you're at? He's in Corvallis, I think, Yeah, somewhere out there? Lorian is an hour and a half south of here and they got hammered with snow. Oh boy. And so yeah, I would love to meet up with him, but I, I don't think mother nature is going to, going to allow us to, to get together. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, you'll see him in a couple months a, anyway. I will. Yeah. But that's a bummer. He, he comes out here every once in a while and, and uh, I, hopefully I can hook up with him at one of these times and, you know, just have a beer or, or, or hang out a little bit. Yeah. I think his well, lady's family is out there. Yeah. What was that, after that half a, after that half an airliner of Malort cam shouldn't be driving anywhere. <laughs> Not tonight. Um, I was going to say that. Uh, so Lorraine was raiding uh, 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 an LGS looking for some EV 
out there in Corvallis, and I saw he picked up a couple copies of uh, of a Gravestorm, and that was a pretty cool looking card. Um, how about no I just? Oh, yeah, go ahead. No clue. No clue what that does. <laughs> well, the man who may know what it does is Casey Grissom by way of Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, Casey. Howdy, fellas. Um, you 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 assume very much of me because I am headed towards Scryfall. Uh, what was no it card. called? Grave Gravestorm. Grave? I think it's a three black enchantment. Oh, it is just like Necropotence. Let's see if it lives up to the hype. Three black mana enchantment, rare from Odyssey block. At the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent may exile a card from their graveyard. If that player doesn't, you may draw a card. A lot of conditionals in there. Yeah. What's he using like, that for? I don't know. I think he was just looking for some interesting cards in LGS. I that's a new one for me. That's that's Odyssey spoiler season here at the end of 2021. AC, uh, you guys did a recent um Alpha Dual Alliances thing down in Nashville. How'd that end up going? We did. Um, it's our now, I guess, third annual Christmas event. It might be our fourth, to be honest. Um, we usually put on a pretty big shindig for that. Um, we have done Alpha Dual Alliances, our little homebrew uh, format derivative. Um, and we had 19 people joining us, uh, several from out of town, in fact. Um, and we wound up raising about $1,600 for our uh, charity for the year, which was Hell yeah. outstanding. Like, we did not even expect that. We that was from some, a raffle? Yeah, most of it was from a raffle. So we, the, the, the Christmas gift situation is usually big on how we uh, uh, orient our prize structure at our Christmas event. And so we had a lot of stuff. We had Bob from uh, Pittsburgh come down. He had Jingle All the Way in a plastic VHS case. Um, uh, Josh Bergoa brought a, uh, a Magic the Gathering clock made out of a vinyl record, which was That's cool. really rad. Um, and then a couple other people had like uh, repaints done by Ken Meyer. Um, what else? I think I donated a play mat um, and we uh, just, you know, to plug our blog a little bit, um, I did a little write up of the, of the whole situation and, and ran down the, the event. There's some pretty cool pictures there. We had a great venue, um, had, had a, a, a wonderful, hardworking tournament organizer that kept everything on the rails and is just incredibly humble and good looking um, and very good at magic. Uh, it's so nice humble. to compliment Alan that way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, actually, that, that's a good, uh, as, that's as good a transition as possible because Alan graciously opened his house to like everybody coming in from out of town for like a barbecue party the night before. And it was just absolutely awesome. Um, but Alan, uh, you know, fantastic dude, wonderful host. Um, I was obviously talking about yours truly. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we won't even. That. We won't even get into his five zero finish. You can just go to the blog there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Is that, well, okay. So as I was to also, we'll say four zero with a buy at the first round because I. Oh, okay. Time to 
weird tournament organizer, undefeated. Hmm. Not yeah. Fishing. I mean, yeah, Necro Deck. After me talking to uh, Jared Doucette up in New, uh, New England, saying it's like, no, Necro's fine. It'll be fine. And then I just go and just sweep the whole deal. It's still fine, actually. More people. So they, um, I had a lot of fun. They they adapted your concept, correct, uh, Casey? They're running their own. Um, yes. Alpha do alliances. Yeah, um, Jared reached out to me, and and we kind of talked a little bit about it. He had he had gone most of the way on adapting Alpha Alliances for the New England old school guys. They made a few changes, um, which off the top of my head, uh, I know that Necro was restricted. Ooh. I, I I pushed back pretty hard, but you know it's you know you make a format that you kind of want to see and so you know they didn't want to see you know black summer all over again so i get that so they also restricted force of will which you know if you play a lot of legacy i get it <laughs> i don't know how many of those play guys play legacy but um like merchant scroll strip mine time vault crucially restricted um but they finished up last night there were some really cool lists and uh, last night was a blue-red counterburn mirror, which I think is about what I expected uh, uh, for their meta. But their uh, the the reception for it among people there was was relatively positive from what I saw, and um, I think they're about where we were a couple of years ago, kind of getting their sea legs under them on on the format. So like, there's some there's some cool stuff, and um, yeah, everybody should try it. Check out the blog, which I should probably name at some point through this podcast. Sick plug, dude. <laughs> yeah, sick brandy. Sick intro, bro. This is the underground. You, you have to you you have to know where to go. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of deep underground and subterranean, we'll skip out to uh, Norwalk, uh, IA. To the Hawkeye State and say hello to Mr. Taylor Quayle. What's up, homie? What's up, dude? This is me. Hi. I don't Can have you... anything interesting to say. I haven't uh, organized <laughs> any tournaments. I haven't uh, done anything. I'm just here. Well, you organized. Hold on a second. You organized <laughs> that one tournament in my home in my hometown, and then didn't invite me to it. First of all, I didn't organize it. Let's 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 clarify that. Moss is bitter that he couldn't go grind up W's against some format casuals uh, with with ten other people in a in a some shithole bar. And what what town was I in? That was Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Cedar Rapids, yeah. Exactly. The city like of five seasons, son. <laughs> yeah, the city of five smells would be more like it. God, what a dump. It's terrible. But get me. <laughs> the set is going to like be an airing of grievances. It's like a festivus. I'm just going to, I brought everybody on to tell you how disappointed I am in you. Oh, Jesus Christ, you better save me to the end. I feel like my list is rather long. Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> it'll, it'll go quick. <laughs> but you can smell, you can smell and taste again, correct? Yeah, I can. Finally, after two months, I was I was recovered from COVID from uh, my last time leaving the house, and I haven't done so since. So that was just that in, was a fun, pleasant experience. Just in time to get Omicron, though. Hey, but that was not bad. Apparently, I guess all, every single one of my neighbors has it. So uh, that's cool. Not not going outside anytime soon. Okay. Time to go lick some doorknobs. <laughs> I never stopped, Cam. Let's be real. <laughs> And then last but certainly not least is the man from Grand Rapids, the man with the brand new shiny Sawzall, Mr. Nick View. 
<laughs> our very <laughs> own Bob Vila. I've wanted. I've wanted a saw Rob Vila. So <laughs> this whole Sawzall is one of those things where if you have it, you just like you find so many things you want to cut. Corners on <laughs> CE cards. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good idea. No, they're they're making fun of me because I put in a uh, our sink was leaking for a really long time, so I finally decided to fix it. And every time I decide to fix something, it turns into a three day affair. So I'm hoping that tomorrow's all I'm doing is fixing sink. That that'd be wonderful. That's not the only reason we make fun of you, though. Oh, yeah. no, there's a lot of reasons, yeah. but uh, I had to cut. I literally couldn't undo the sink, anything from the sink. So I had to cut it all off with the Sawzall, which is pretty much what I have to do every time something happens around here. You know, I would have bought a wrench instead. No, I tried the wrench. I hit it as hard as I could. I, you know? I don't think wrenches are for hitting things. You know, for, for as much as Nick gives people shit for as small as they are because he's a 6'4 fucking Sasquatch, you think he should have just taken a sledgehammer and taken out some aggression on it. That would have been a lot cheaper and more satisfying than a Sawzall. Or his head. Or, <laughs> or, or uh, just bought the whole sink. Or That's hire a plumber. Have. What happened to hiring yeah, a plumber? Could have done that. Yeah. I don't know any plumbers around here. I don't want to hire any plumbers. If I could try to do it, I'll do it. But it seems like a, it seems like a, a, a pretty simple thing. And says and, the guy that's going to spend should, three days on it. <laughs> it, should be, it should be a simple thing. Every single time I have a break, like I usually end up doing something like this. Um, Sounds relaxing, uh, dude. Sounds yeah, awful. But I, you know, I'm just sitting around anyway, though. So I, I guess I don't mind it too much to have a project. That thing's been crappy for a really long time and I just haven't done anything about it. So I can't really bitch too bad about it because I've just been negligent. Just wasting copious amounts of water. <laughs> Which, so, by the way, didn't you like not have for anyway, like wasn't that ongoing last time? What? So, so Nick, your only real accomplishment in the world of Magic the Gathering lately was having played me in the worst match of middle school ever played. <laughs> Dude, I punched out of that like after the second no game. Was- <laughs> I, offered to, I offered to drop. So let's let's use this <laughs> let's use this beautiful segue to set up. The holiday hustle. The holiday hustle was an invite Let's only. Let's go around the room. Let's go around the room and talk about our records. Let's do that. It was an invite only event. <laughs> Unfortunately, most of the invites came back to me labeled "return to sender," <laughs> and this is the quintet that I was left with at the end of the day. And we did a middle school round robin. There were no prizes. There was nothing on the line. Not even pride was on the line. And uh, I guess the only idea was, hey, let's try to build some spicier decks, <laughs> except for Quail, who built the rock. It's literally the only middle school deck that I own. And you, you made me play. Just remember yeah. that as I balled you into the Stone Age. Well, yeah. that's because a couple of months ago, he mailed me his spicy deck. Yeah, I made, well, was it really spicy or boring? I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was literally a world, a world championship psychotog deck, bone no, stock. That- I no, 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 that's the one I mailed to Cam. That's the one I mailed to Cam. Oh, oh there was multiples. That's right. Uh, there were multiple decks that, awesome that I mailed red off. deck where you and I, so we were you and I played the mirror on that red deck forever. Yeah. Talking about negative EV, Quail's the king of that. He's just like, I don't like this anymore. I will mail it to you. How but, many but entire he, decks have I like auctioned off, given away, sent off, thrown in the trash? Uh yeah, I'm not smart. At some point, you got to realize it's not the cards. <laughs> it's you. 
<laughs> oh, no, that realization happened a long time ago. <laughs> it doesn't stop me from using excuses, Cam. Thank you. <laughs> now, Cam, I did think your deck was was uh, really creative and, and neat. Yeah. So oh, it, was, it was really <laughs> neat. neat polite way of going one and three. Yeah. Well, so, so I, um, I really like the fling Phyrexian Dreadnought combo. I just think that's a really kind of fun thing to do that sums up me in a magic card. I love playing Berserk in old school. I love like big swingy turns where you're, you're going for it. Um, it's kind of combo-y. And so I, I built a, uh, what started off, I think as mono red, and then I added a blue splash for stifle, but, um, I had one half of the deck is uh, stifle, uh, sorry, fling, dreadnought, and then the other half was Atog, Black Vise, and Anka Mishra, which is the old school uh, Atog combo. But then fling, you know, you can you can drop a bunch of your artifacts in and uh, fling an Atog to win, and, and then I added some burn and some other stuff in just just to round the deck together. Um, the mana was really bad. Um, I was trying to run everything off of Lotus Petals and, and Mox Diamonds and uh, City Traders and and the other uh, what's the other land that Ancient Tomb, into? Ancient Tomb, yeah, yeah. So so I, I you know d- did not do much testing, but but uh, I had a pretty fun match against Moss where he sideboarded out his one card that could beat me. Um, okay. that run, was yeah, that was that was a that was a miss. And you had pandemonium in there too, right? Yeah, and so the the other thing is I throw one of pandemonium in there because um, you know which I didn't realize it was symmetrical, uh, which yeah kicked me in the ass against I think it was against Nick, but um, yeah that's that's a fun card too. I understand people run the pandemonium sapling burst combo. That I mean that's classic for that era, but I was just looking for a couple different ways to abuse that um that fling dreadnought combo because again for three three mana two cards 12 damage that's a pretty good burn rate and then if you can get a couple black vise damage in uh mistress factory and a couple bolts or something uh you got you got a real deck um you know and people play the stifle knot all over the place but i you know i just i like the blue red combo i like the drawing cards and and burn um, that kind of fits my style, and so it was. It was a fun deck to play. I mean, it it kind of shit out against some of the the better decks that that uh, I saw. But you know, <clears> sorry, <throat> sorry. But so wait, you were what two and two? I went one and three. I I, I smoked you a couple times, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, Nick Nick got underneath me with mono green. The Rock just did what the Rock does. He dressed yeah. me turn one twice and. And then Kate, you know, I'll, I'll like, yeah, I'll let Casey talk about what he did. Yeah, I was, I was on some cheesy bullshit. I was playing a pattern of Rebirth Academy Rector combo deck, junk colors, and I had a nice little menu of of things that I can tutor up either from the pattern of Rebirth or the Rector. We all know what Rector does, except Quail. I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Pattern of Rebirth is a four-mana enchantment, three and a green. And it's an enchant creature. Whenever the creature is put into a graveyard from play, that creature's controller may search his library for a creature card and put it into play. So with that, you can get any creature, and you're running sacrifice outlets like Phyrexian Ghoul, which you can sacrifice a creature to give the ghoul plus two plus two. 
or cabal therapy. Cabal therapy, yeah. Cabal therapy, Phyrexian Tower. So you can get uh, things like a one-off pernicious deed. My favorite, the form of the dragon. Absolutely. Fuck that card. Worship is another awesome fuck that card. card. Oh, man. Moss. Fuck that card. Moss. Come on, man. Why you got to bring that up? I didn't bring it up. Casey did. <laughs> Kim's not even paying attention here, man. He's just immediately triggered. Um, but then, then you've got little little combos like you can pattern in a symbiotic worm, sacrifice it to one of your creatures, then sacrifice each of the seven creatures it makes. And you can do the same thing off yeah. of a rector with a uh, sapling burst. So it's just a really cool, fun toolboxy deck that's it doesn't have any red in it. It doesn't have any blue in it. And that's a departure for me. And it's just, it was just a lot of fun. And it can kind of turn on a dime and change strategies depending on what the, you know, what's going on in a game. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that pile was sick. I, I'll admit, I immediately went and got a play set of Pattern of Rebirth. I use it in Vintage to get Emrakul. It's, yeah, it's real good. <laughs> Now that list, uh, Casey, that came from, was it Steve McGrew originally? Yes. This is the brainchild of Steve McGrew over in Cleveland. Did you make uh, any tweaks to his uh, list? I can't remember. Um, I think he played it in a Stones League a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, and I basically just Xeroxed it because I was like, this looks fun. Yeah. I had tinkered with the, um, oh, I don't remember what it's called. It's the version of this that has Survival of the Fittest and the pebbles combo in it also um I, I i'm blanking on the name but that was a little clunky i couldn't really get some good angles on it so i was like i'll pull the survivals out put them in something else and you know steve had a good a good roadmap for how to do that and it was a lot of fun yeah i, I was feeling really confident in our game too casey uh after seeing you were on rector which was basically a moat for my green stompy yeah not stompy, but just green good stuff. And uh, game two, I went and uh, natural ordered for Derek as the igniter, which is, a, I think, a 5-5 five, five or 6-6 six, six jun yeah. color dragon. I'm like, well, I'll just fly over and beat his ass. And then you immediately just pattern of rebirth for a chroma, and I was dead in the water. Yeah, that's the, that, that was pretty fun because you hadn't seen a chroma at that no. point. No, because I didn't know what you were on. It was like there was deeds and rectors and form of the dragon. And it's like, what? It's just like the, 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 the surprises kept coming out of that thing. There's also a build that uses Oath of Druids um, and it oaths out Rector. And it just sure. does a lot of other neat enchantment stuff like that. Yeah, you just oath out a Rector, sack it, get some bomb enchantment, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, we move on to Nick's, uh, 10 land stompy. This ain't gonna take long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Gonna, this ain't going to take very long. <laughs> uh, I think that deck was all right back in the day, but it's just too, I love the deck because the, the reason why I like to play it is because I, I loved rogue elephants when I was a kid. I played a lot of those, I played a lot of river boas, um, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, I basically just ran the, the basic, you know, Elvish Spirit Guide, um, Jungle Lions, you know, uh, Rancor, Rancor, Vine Dry, Giant Growth, Bounty the Hunt, all that stuff. 
Um, it's just all creatures and some cool land shenanigans. And like the title says, it only plays 10 basics. Um, but it just, it, it misses berserk. It like without berserk, it just can't get around. There's too many, there's too many board stalls. Um, and even, even Moss playing shitty wonder drop elves and not doing much with them. Stop me. Cause I couldn't, couldn't do anything. I could get over him and, and he just blocked. I, I think he wouldn't block. So I would swing into him because I'm like, he ain't going to burn one of these mana dorks. And then he'd block it. And I'd be like, well, swoops, fuck, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn one. <laughs> so, uh, and then I'm not going to compete with, I mean, uh, quail deeds to me into oblivion. So when you got a bunch of one drops and you could hit deeds off a of three, I mean, you're just. And he did it twice. I mean, there's no way I'm going to get around that. In Casey's yeah. brew, there's no way I'm going to get around that. So, I mean, there was really no... I should have played my white Imperial Armor deck. I had... The only deck I really know how to play in middle school is the Rock, and I didn't want to play that because Quail was playing that. So I just did this. And... God, did I just ruin everybody's good time? Basically, no. yeah. No. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I we play similar games. We play similar <laughs> games of Magic, so, you know, I figured you'd be on that deck, but... Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I like middle school. I just, I've been looking for a deck to play that I want to play. That's not the rock. So I know. Yeah, but I now have, you're, I was going to say, now you're leaning in, I think on the wizards brew, right? I think I am. Yeah. I'm playing that. I'm playing a blue white deck right now that is either going to become a uh, lightning angel deck or um, some kind of a, uh, right now I got some sea drake, drakes coming in and um running some stuff like that just just a tempo game I've, i really like tempo decks so i've got a i've got a that brew and and cam gave me some force of wills so i'm i'm playing those and <laughs> there we go and uh yeah it's been uh it's it's a fun deck to play um but again i might have to go with bolts and and angel i might just have to do that um i didn't no. want to go the control route so lightning angel a, is a sick card yeah it is and i got a suggestion for you uh, this got brought up in our Music City chat last night. What about Rack Evolver? You remember that deep cut? No. It's from, it's from Apocalypse. It's two and a red for a 2-2, two -two, but it has two kicker costs, one and a white. And if you pay it, it comes into play with two plus one plus one counters and has a uh, lifelink effectively. And then if you play blue, you get another plus one, plus one counter, and it has flying. So for three, a red, a white, and a blue, you can get a 5-5 five, five flying lifelink. Wow, that's gross. Yeah, I already never heard one. of this. <laughs> I already ordered one. I, I saw that chat going on. I was like, yeah. Because I, I, built, I built red, white, and blue, but I took all the tempo pieces out, and I'm just playing it aggro. Um. Because I, I just that's, want, like, I love that color. That's certainly a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Like, it, it's fine, you know. Um, but uh, the mana is really tough. But that that seems like a really cool top end with Exalted Angel is the other top end in that deck. But um, that helps you get around the double white. Um, I think it's easier to hit red, white, blue than it is double white sometimes. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's the deck cool, actually... Uh, my deck actually started out with the double white, like the shadow creatures, and I was just doing that. Um, but that's not really where I want to be. And plus, the I got the Imperial Armor deck already, and my Enlightened Tutors and stuff came in, so I can. And you you love right. countering stuff, right? I do. I yeah. like to play. T I well, just tempo. I like to bounce yeah. and counter, and and yeah. Honestly, I hate playing fucking swords because if you're playing a tempo game and you give somebody like six life off something, you're just like, 
Like, well, I lost all the tempo that I gained already, so that yeah. sucks. Yeah, when you're trying um, to beat him with someone. a 1-1 shadow guy, that's putting you turns behind. Yeah, and that's so Tari Foot Soldier. I only have that in there right now because I wanted a one-drop, but Lion just doesn't get it done. So at least I can get in for three or four with the Foot Soldier. But it Mastercore just obliterates me, though. So I got It obliterates everyone, though. Like, well, the key, yeah. the key to the deck is Meddling Mage. I got Meddling Mage from Cam 2, and I just wanted to play Meddling Mage. So that that's the key to the whole thing. And part of me wanted to go like Esper and run Therapy and, and Meddling Mage and just go those colors and just go to town which i liked i like doing that too so i could go either way i'll probably try it both ways i have some lightning angels coming in and uh i'm just gonna proxy up the land i'm not paying for that and i'm not going to mythic black core again for that <laughs> shit i mean you gotta put these in the show notes dude this episode not sponsored awful. by mythic black core <laughs> I, I ordered these i ordered these uh flooded strand proxies i couldn't wait for them and ended up making my own which are way better than these they came in and they're like they look like scrub lands i picked the old school ones but they've looked like they're printed off like they look eight bit like they were printed off the worst printer on the face of the earth yeah it's like you, you, you you raided an elementary school that had been like you know dilapidated for 30 years found an inkjet and somehow printed off these magic cards those are atrocious yeah, like it's a, like two colors and, completely it's what it looks like it's awful dot matrix shit right there <laughs> yeah, so I have to, you know, to get the red, the red in there. I have to get some other cards, but, um, but the white deck's done, and I'm happy about that because I want to play that a little bit. And I just, I, the two, I was uh, goldfishing it today. The enlightened tutors definitely feel a lot better in that deck. It just smooths everything out because if I don't hit that land tax or that imperial armor, it's just not happening. So, and part of this is all is with middle school is just learning. I mean, it's just learning the card pool and what everybody's playing. And I don't play enough to really know what's going on. So once that happens, it'll get better. I just got to play more, but it's hard to meddling made shit when you're like, yeah. all right. Okay. Like Moss playing mud. That's one thing I know what mud does, but, and I know what the rock does and I know what a lot of these decks do, but when Casey's playing some bullshit like that, I'm like, I, uh, what do I, Academy rector? Well, you don't, you don't really have a good a good handle on on what I'm playing because not even I do. I have 19 middle school decks. I have a yeah. problem. I could pull the old Taylor Quail though, and I could go, "Hey, what's that card in your deck?" Uh, wait, no, Cabal Therapy. Hey, what's that card in your deck that beats me every time? <laughs> oh, this? Yeah, they have Cabal Therapy for that. <laughs> hey, I just asked for information that you willingly volunteered. <laughs> That's a good angle. It is. And then but, dead last uh, at the bottom of the barrel was quail on the rock. I mean, I finished three and one. So let's not say that I was bottom of the barrel. I the bottom of the innovation, the bottom of the oh, yeah. barrel of innovation. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I think I had played 10 matches of middle school total before this. So my deck was completely net decks. I had no sideboard and I had no... Uh, fucking idea what I was doing. So anytime I would cabal therapy, I basically have to ask, okay, so like, what are the five best cards in your deck? Why don't you just run those down for me? Nick happily obliges, tells me what his deck does, what to look for, you know, good sport. Moss is like, I'm not going to tell you how to play your fucking deck. <laughs> <laughs> you You're talking about not having sideboards. Like we went to game two when we played and, and I was like, so I guess you probably need to bring in naturalizers. You know, like, I don't even have a sideboard. And I was yeah, like, I didn't even build the sideboard. Fuck it, whatever. But you know, it like, turns out sideboards oh, are okay. useful. 
<laughs> they are. They really are. Um, because I can't um, deeds away uh, seven CMC cards, as it turns out. That really wasn't going to work very well for me. So Casey just uh, did his dirty bullshit and put out, like, you know, Flight of the Bumblebee or whatever that card's called. And, you know, <laughs> then my shit didn't work. And next thing you know, like, there's some fucking angel that I can't do anything with. And I basically watched Casey play Magic and laugh while I just sat there and said, so, good game. I had a great time searching my library, looking at all the cards. Well, I mean, you know, I'm glad Six if format, anything, yeah, yeah. Sweet. The, if anything, the, I'm glad that I could make you feel better about yourself, Casey, especially after you nearly died of that uh, 12 hour cold you had. <laughs> Before we get into his 12 hour cold, the, yeah. the best thing I saw, the best interaction I saw was when Quail, Quail played the Chainer's Edict. <laughs> and Moss is like, yeah, dude, sick tech. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I had, man. At that point, I think I had, I had mulligan. Well, what you missed is when you, when I started the match, I had had to mulligan to five. So I literally had nothing in my hand. It was my only play and it just didn't do shit. But I mean, to be fair, uh, I mean, I still went three and one against you fucker. So whatever. Hey, fuck you, dude. I got you to 10 life with no land. <laughs> That just, um, yeah, that shows like how brain dead the rock is, dude. We're a complete. <laughs> That's exactly why I built it. Even my stupid ass can pilot that deck. Like a complete Cro Magnon man, <laughs> Neanderthal can pilot it to a three. I mean, one. I was drooling on myself and my forehead with, you know, it's 45 degree slope. And, you know, it was just uh, very easy for me to do. Like the hardest, decision, the hardest decision you have is basically either to play birds turn one or, or, or duress or cabal therapy. Well, I don't even play birds in that build, so that's a pretty fucking easy choice. Yeah. Uh, hey, do, do we want do we want to talk about wall roots and how the notorious quail, wall quail, roots quail, rampant? Okay, okay. Quail here now, let's the rewind. Here they're going to shit on me, but let Improved me prove roots. <laughs> I don't know shit about this format, and I have to rely on the information of others. So me and Nick are playing. He's like, I'm pretty sure that you can use wall. You you can use as much mana as you want, but only once per turn. I was like, fuck it, a man. Five mana on turn two. This card's awesome. And then I try to do it to Cam. He's like, yeah, I don't think that's how that works there, uh, genius. I go, what do you mean? That's what Nick told me. Nick's like, well, that's what Casey told me. That is not what I told <laughs> I did not told. I, it wasn't Casey. Somebody else told me that. I don't know who it was. No, I, I, was I like, don't know who it was, but Casey, Casey's sitting right here. Yeah. Speaking but of to be fair, we didn't play that way in me and Nick's match. We didn't play it that way. Because well, I, I was going to say, speaking of uh, Cro-Magnon rock pilots, uh, I figured you got that little bit of tech from Carter. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the, big, the biggest brain of them all. <laughs> hey, you got just you just gotta you just gotta angle shoot your way to those W's. Yeah, Carter has to take a couple alpha brain pills before he plays the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Spicing it up by throwing STPs in it. Yeah, just yeah, to make sick, just just to make the mana worse. Yeah, sick vindicate, dude. <laughs> Vindicate is sweet though. That is a cool yeah. card. It's a Brian Snotty card. Definitely. Yeah. Full art. Which, by the way, Moss has all of his signatures, humble brags. Yeah, I, I have that card signed. <laughs> Which he got done in 1994, by the way. Yeah, before <laughs> before it was designed, correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> the uh so yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and talk about my pile here. It ended up being it was a cool pile. It wasn't good. It was green, good stuff. It had cradles, uh, my three signed cradles in there. I had my play set of um, Survival of the Fittest signed, of and course. That's, that's the end of the good stuff. So the rest uh, No, no, no. Nat natural Order. Oh, okay. Natural Order was in there. 
my favorite card ever. And then it was just a ton of ramp and then big dudes and then some other what I thought would be cool cards, but turned out to be cl- cam wall clunkers like overrun. <laughs> no, I will say credit where it's due. Your list is the list that I, in my heart, always want to play because natural order is cool. My favorite creature growing up was Thorn Elemental. Yeah. And like it's it's the... It's 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 the it triggers the lizard brain inside my my magic player cell. Yeah, dude, that's that secret force deck is such a little kid deck, but it's so much fun when you natural order away a Llanowar elf after you tapped it in the wall of roots, and you go get symbiotic worm or verdant force or or thorn elemental or yeah. you know just one of these absolute bombs, and then yes, yeah, some some like liz, you know some moron. Edge Edge Lord can swords swords it or counter it or whatever. Quail. Yeah. Why, do I, why do I feel so targeted right yeah, now? Yeah, it. You do whatever, but like you know, Ben and I were talking about this the other night. Is like who who is the hero and who is the villain in that story? Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I beat Cam with Derigaz the Igniter, so I was clearly the hero. Although that he was, was playing, <laughs> he was playing Pandemonium Dreadnought Fling, so that was also pretty cool. Hey, what is Derigaz's uh, uh, little special ability when it deals damage? Mm, it's like two in a red. Uh, so if he deals damage to a player, it's two in a red to activate. And then uh, you name a color, opponent reveals their hand, and they take damage equal to the number of cards of that color in their hand. That's cool. And maybe yeah. two. I, I don't remember if it's one damage or two damage per card, but it's a nice little nice little bonus there. He got He got me with that. At least sick. once, yeah. yeah. That one, that card was sick. Usually, I just go get Vernon Force or Thorn Elemental, though. But yeah, that deck, that deck. I mean, it was it, it did a lot of powerful stuff. You know, it could or or I could just like play two or three elves, drop a cradle, and then hard cast Thorn Elemental. The problem is, it just didn't have enough answers. Um, Cam, what I what I fucked up in game two was i don't know why i did this <laughs> you're so mad <laughs> this, I, I was frustrated because i didn't realize i had done this but i accidentally cited out my uktabi orangutan Ooh. and i i brought in naturalizes to fight against uh, uh dreadnought but for some reason i didn't realize that i'd taken the orangutan out so then in game three i think it was i had a uh, survival and i like activated it and intended to go get my orangutan and then realized it was in my sideboard and I got tilted. No sex monkey. Denied. Yeah, I got rancid. Yeah. Rancid. That was, <laughs> that was a rotten finish. Um, and then game two cam balled me where I, I like, I forget what I did on turn two. I think I played a werebear and I'm like, there's no way cam is going to dreadnought me on turn two, two games in a row. Cause he did it to me on, on like turn two of game one and i'm like there's no way he's gonna fling a dreadnought at me on turn two of game two as well so i'm like rather than hold up for the naturalize in my hand i'm gonna cast this <laughs> fucking werebear this one one ding dong i pass the turn and Kim's like land pedal dreadnought fling and i'm like god damn it the fucking odds that you're gonna do that to me in a row on turn two. <laughs> oh, i'm so sorry oh my man. god oh first, jesus christ this, dude this, this was also the first time i ever beat moss in a in a quote-unquote official you know 
There was yeah, a doubt. I'm, I'm like this is yeah. officially lame. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Well, your matches were quail, but our, this, our matches well, obviously. <laughs> my match uh, was my vet match for scam was fun. It went right down to the wire both games, and uh, but the best part was game two. Cam throw Cam throws out a black vice turn one, and I'm like. All right, I'll just pitch fine dryad and I'll just do this, this, and this. And I was way under the vice. He was like, God, that didn't work out. No. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, probably not a good thing to play against me. Yeah. But, so the, you know, the final standings we had KC 4 0 on the, um, what, what do you call that deck? Just um, Pattern Rector. Pattern Rector. Rector Pattern. <laughs> Rector damn near killed her. <laughs> That's what I always think when he says that. Rector damn near yeah. killed him. So 4-0 on Rector Pattern. Then it was uh, Q-Ball on the Rock. And then three one and three Dinguses on Secret Force, 10-man Stompy, 10-land Stompy, and uh, uh, Panda like, Knot. Panda Knot Fling. 10-man Stompy, something different. Yeah, <laughs> you got to pay extra for that. You got to go to my OnlyFans. Ten, yeah. ten man Stompy is what Rector. <laughs> ten, ten ten men Stompy. <laughs> Speaking of rotten, <laughs> I would play. You know, I thought about playing the Madness deck too. I want to put that together at some point. I just I built that. You did. You had some chatter going on about that, but I keep like finding madness cards and like the bulk bins at the comic shop and stuff and i'm like so madness, is, madness is one of those decks that i guess it started its life as a standard deck and was pretty good there and then in extended it kind of worked out well um in pre-modern the the format's even wider still and i think people are still kind of hanging on to the nostalgia of madness and the block cards and i think that there is enough room in the rest of the format to bring madness out of its like tempo-y shell that it was as a standard deck. So like, uh, obviously you get squee, um, that you can, and I've got like three squeeze and a gigapede that I'm going to pitch to, uh, uh, wild mongrel. I've put survivals in mind so I can, you know, fart out four little lizards and, and kind of just go from there. Um, and then, you know, you got enough blue cards where I think, I think I'm running like three force of will and like three dazes. And like, you can fiddle around with intuition and accumulated knowledge, that little combo. Mm -hmm. So like, there's a lot that you can do. I don't know if any of it's any good. Lorian has a great madness list that has white for, he's using um, uh, loyal retainers from Portal Three Kingdoms. For a coma. Yeah, to go grab a chroma. Another another cheesy chroma cheat, which yeah. near and dear to my heart. And he's also got uh, meddling mages in there too, if he's in white. So all, all roads lead to a chroma. They, they kind of do. And survival. And force of will. So that's a deck. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> I love mage though. I love playing meddling mage. I used to when I was playing modern though. I used to play the humans deck all the time. And got mage so many times, I just wanted to burn the card the first time I saw it. So when we started playing middle school, I was like, fucking meddling mage. God damn it. When Casey played against me, I'm like, I can't get rid of it. I can't get away from it. It's bad, baby. <laughs> I um, I, I got an, an Esper Psychotog deck with meddling mages in it. That's really cool because I, I don't remember if I run Cabal Therapy. But like, if you're on a deck that has Cabal Therapy and meddling mage, you're playing peak magic. Because you need to know everything about their deck to just like speak into existence what you want to happen oh so that would be a good time to play telepathy 
out of my Nebuchadnezzar deck. There is an idea. I don't know if it's a good idea, but it's an idea. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bust that out at EDH Classic. That card is is a one blue uh, enchantment that everybody has to put their cards on the table. It's like uh, there, there's a there's an old school card that's like that too. Out of Revelation, Revelation, Revelation yeah. Revelation, yep. But it's one blue, so you can cast it on turn one, and everybody else just is like, "Fuck this." <laughs> <laughs> and then it's yeah, actually, if you yeah wanna... it's it's a great edh card dude especially if yeah. you're playing like a one turn beater like a bruna deck or something like that and normal at edh nobody ever plays it that i've ever seen but yeah. i'm always thinking like you know everybody's who's got counters and who has removal yeah there's no That's... mystery there and, and really the, the whole point of me to to play any sort of multiplayer stuff is just to get under people's skin like it's not who cares if you win or not <laughs> i'm just i'm just looking to cause some havoc yeah, it's like a game of risk. It's like a game of risk, and you're just attacking all sides. You guys so aren't Cam is Napoleon Dynam. Cam is Napoleon. You guys aren't selling me on EDH, by the way. Uh, no, it's... you shouldn't play EDH. <laughs> you know what's funny about tele- telepathy, though? You think like, oh yeah, this you know this gives me the advantage. This is great. You know, I know the thing is, is like it, it's so weird how much it warps a game of Magic to just know where everything is. Because now that you're just trying to figure out how your opponent's going to get around, knowing what you have and that you know what they have, and now you're just even worse of a mind fuck than you were before, where you didn't have telepathy because you were just playing shit. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that with uh with Zer's weirding. When you play that, and the game just slams to a halt, or or stasis or something like that, where yeah, the game just slams to a halt, and you're like, okay, I'm not even playing Magic anymore. I'm playing something else. And uh, yeah, it's it it it's interesting to see what people react to when you do something like that. You you drop Zer's Weary and then Wheel of Fortune. You try to figure that out. It's, yeah, that that's that's a trip. But to me, it's it's the whole human element where you're playing with your buddies, you're trying to mess with your buddies, you're trying to have a good time, and like whether you win or lose, nobody nobody's gonna remember that. They're, but they're gonna remember the time they get telepathy oh, no, on turn remembers. one, and and then you've got seven counters in your hand, and everybody just laughs at you, <laughs> or you kept the dog shit hand. Cam <laughs> <laughs> Cam puts his Cam puts his hand exposed in his lap. Nobody else can see it. Yeah, yeah. You got to go sit on it to find out what's in it. <laughs> There's weird and sucks, dude. <laughs> dude, that card is so fun. It's so bad. That art, that, that, that art is super about. duper sick, though, man. It is. It's a good. It's good art. Good as hell. Every time I see the card, I'm like, what a cool card. And I'm like, yeah. I don't hey, know what it does. Are we the ones that were talking about how Ice Age has some of the best art in the game, but the cards are just dog shit? For the most oh, yeah. part, but but the art, I mean, you talk about nostalgia and yeah. like high fantasy. You think about yeah, absolutely the fantasy element. Ice Age just hits all the buttons. The like packs were awesome. Yeah, like look at a shitty card like Chaos Moon. Amazing yeah. art. It's yeah. just like a blood moon, like a blood red moon. The card's unplayable, but the art is amazing. Yeah, there's yeah, a bunch of Quinn Hoover, the, bunch of Quinn yeah, Hoover Quinn, stuff in there. Yep. Yeah, Goblin like, Shaman. See, you know, or that ice manipulator art is ten times better than the old school, and I will fight anybody who disagrees. Yeah. Well, Come at me. We'll argue. You, you and me can throw hands because I think of I think the opposite of that. But, Casey, you're wrong. Just know that you're wrong. Hey, that's fine. There's plenty of other good cards for me to. Uh, what? what which one are you arguing about? Uh, I said the I icy manipulator good. from Ice Age is far better than the Schuler stuff. Oh yeah, I'm in your camp on that one. Uh, me and Nick agree on something. But I, but I grew I grew up on that one though. 
exactly. I remember the, fir- the first Magic tournament I ever played, I got balled by that card. And I was like, what the fuck is that? It looks like a coffee percolator. And I like got it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is the <laughs> sickest card ever. But no, I, I think the Webers are way better. I don't know. Um, better signed. I, I think in my song deck, I am playing more Ice Age than I am uh, Unlimited or you know, the original art. Um, but no, back to Ice Age art, like Ruth Thompson has like a, a I guess a little known artist. Um, she has some incredible picks and they're all out of Ice Age and Alliances. Yep. So like she did Dystopia, Order of the White Shield, Binding Grasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of these are just gorgeous. gorgeous. Order of the Sacred Torch. Yes. Binding Grasp is awesome. Yeah, I love that card. I would I would loop in alliances with Ice Age. I think the art direction on both those are very are very similar. When you look at them, you're like, okay, that that is that would be what I would consider a block. That um, is actually oh, yeah. the the first justification we made when we added alliances to old school ninety five. It's like you can't leave that out. Like right. flavor wise, like whatever it does to the format, playability wise, like it'll it'll just do what it does. But we can't not like have these cards on the table, like Thought Lash. Alan has this incredible Thought Lash. Oh, fuck Thought Lash. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Alan beat me on that. I didn't like, know what he was doing. It's Oh, it's incredible. So the Thought Lash and Field of Dreams combo. Field of Dreams, what's it from Legends? Um, everybody plays with the top card of their library revealed. Thought Lash from alliances, it has a cumulative upkeep of exiling the top card of your library. And then you can exile one t- card from the top of your library to prevent a damage. So on your upkeep, what you can do is after you pay your upkeep, you can exile cards to prevent damage and essentially demonic tutor for whatever you want to come to you on your draw step. And so he has it in a mainly mono blue shell to support power monoliths and every pickup game I played with him on that deck, I almost he's beaten me. And then just so happens I get the luck sack and uh, he, he has like two draw sevens in our Alpha alliances event and both of them are just crap for him and, and they win me the game. And but that's like, pretty much it with that. Cause that, that deck is like pure inevitability. You just sit there and you're like, what's exactly. going on? And, he's and just it's terrifying. Them. Yeah. And you're like, he also has, <laughs> yeah, with the amount of blue cards he has in the deck, he also has access to four force of will, which is very, very strong. Yeah. And it is one of the coolest decks I think I have ever seen anyone come up with. Yeah. That deck is nutty. The, the only thing I don't like about the ice age cards are I hate that burnt orange red color. It's just, I, it just bothers me because if you mix it with any other red cards, it looks so bad. It's a little like deeper just, red, yeah, darker it red. Just, it mm. just doesn't. I mean, if you if you put that next to it, like a like a beta card or something like that, a red card, you're just like, oh. Yeah, that whole the Ice Age it? alliances kind of block. They have that kind of really weird, almost like washed out hue to them. That's hard to describe, but I mean, it, it all fits in theme with that block too. It's really just. Is, is dingy the right term? I don't know if dingy is the right term, but it's just not as definitely not as vibrant. For sure. I think it's descriptive enough. Um, but like some cards really pop just due to the contrast in their art, like Giant Growth. Right. Giant Growth has that same thing going on that Berserk does because it's got the deep green frame and a bright red art. 
Yeah, I uh, I I did border extensions on well, not board, I, uh, floating borders on mine, and trying to match that pink was really tough because it's such a clash with the green. Um, and I finally got pretty close to it, but yeah, it, it is such a like jarring experience to look at that card now because you're you're flipping through and you're like you know whites and grays and blacks and stuff, and then you just get this like shot of adrenaline with this pink 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 yeah like hot pink and i honestly i think yeah you lose a lot when you take the green out of that card because that i, I mean i grew up on that giant growth i yeah. i love that giant growth <laughs> even though you can't tell it's a huge insect i always wanted to alter it and like take it into a full like a like an actual full picture but then put a little fucking fly swatter coming out of the corner of it <laughs> Just, you got this huge bug <laughs> But I think Carter was wigging out about that one time. I heard him talk, and he's like, you can't even tell it's a big fucking bug. It's just a bug. Why would you put a bug on there? <laughs> <laughs> but it works because the color, because that pink is so, you're right. It's just like, holy shit, that's a good looking magic card. Absolutely. Even though it doesn't make any sense. Another couple bangers we have, uh, I know Stormbind, which is like an all-star in 808 and 95 mm-hmm. by Nene Thomas and some guy named Philip, Philip Mossness. I haven't, I haven't heard of him actually this is new but then um stunted growth is by nene thomas also and that's mm-hmm. just got some I had, that's actually got some legs in middle school there's a, a mono green uh kind of land destruction deck uh that can use it and it's also cool and irritating <laughs> uh some baller art that uh dean did was naked singularity Ooh, classic yeah. i mean the card's not playable but it's really sick art with everybody's head kind of like twisting together and going up into the sky. Naked Singularity is one of those cards everyone knows from the LGS's rare binder. (laughs) (laughs) Got like a stack of price stickers on it that's like a quarter of an inch thick because nobody's ever bought one. (laughs) I do like the special land borders on Ice Age though too. Like the the pain lands and stuff. I don't know. I like that. I like that Maze of Ith border. You know? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes the art pop too. And th- yeah, like ahead. Lake Lake of Dead was the be- by far the best art in alliances. That card is just what is it? Did Ventners do that art? Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's like I I think that's one of the the few cards that I still remember from back then. Just like pulling that out of a pack and my mind just being absolutely blown. I mean, honestly, like Magic the Gathering is the reason I went to school for for graphic design along with artists like Pusshead and other things from album covers. It was just like. Like, what are these guys doing? I need to do more of this. Yeah. I think Tadeen really, really shines in that set. I really like Balduvian Conjurer, too. Like, it's got that alien-looking art. Like, the dude, you don't know what the dude is. He's just some kind of weird, you know, sorcerer with a... Dude, he's a conjurer. Yeah, he's a conjurer with a weird <laughs> plant. I don't even know what that plant is. It's like, but He's got that a- skeletal look to him, kind of. Yeah, and but the other one, Hoover, is I've always loved this one, is Balduvian Shaman. Mm-hmm. That's got so much color in it, dude. How about the depletion lands in Ice Age? That the the card sucks. They're unplayable, but the art on them, like lava tubes, and what's what's the other one? Like Timberline Ridge. That those art is just incredible. I'm I'm guessing it's probably Alexander who did them. Uh, but- no. So okay, here we go. I got them. Um, there's lava tubes, yeah. which is Brian Wackwitz. Land okay. Cap by L.A. Williams. Uh, mm, River L.A. Del- Williams, yeah. River Delta is Sandra Everingham. 
and Timberline Ridge by Menjis, and then Velt, which is another Wacklet special. Yeah, Velt is a beautiful, beautiful magic card. I just wish th- like those should have been a dual lands. They should have been ice or uh, snow covered dual lands. Hell yeah, dude! Think yeah. and then they did end up printing those, right? Snow duels or something, effectively snow. Yeah, snow I duels. think Aldheim. I think yeah. Has, but originally in Ice Age, you know, they were trying to ba- basically make it. And one of you guys may know more about the history than I do. But from what I've heard, is they tried to basically make it an, a, a reboot, of, a standalone. Yeah, yeah. So the pain lands that we got were going to be a series of quote unquote fixed dual lands. And so I think, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but that makes me think that there were going to be five more in enemy colors. But yeah, I mean, it, Timberline Ridge is one of my all-time favorite land uh, arts from, from this era. Just, yeah, it just sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah. They just, you know, they're, I don't know why so many of these Ice Age cards are, Overcosted and they're un or they're unplayable or they just there's some really cool effects in there but you just can't they can't keep up with even alpha beta cards you know no not at all just I mean it was just a different era of playtesting yeah you know they didn't understand the game yet here's here's a little bit of trivia um, and we'll do like a little guesswork there are three lands that do not make mana. In Ice Age, can you name them? Um, Hall Gla- of Mist, Gla- Glacial Chasm, Chasm, yeah. Glacial Chasm, Halls of Mist, and Ice Flow. That's it. Halls wow. of Mist is the deep cut that I thought you were going to whiff on, but no, I've got one signed. of course he does that's moss's Moss's arkham stone (laughs) yeah yeah arkham asylum stone (laughs) well how about this how about this segue uh do nick do you mind do you mind telling us a little bit more about wwf raw deal the card game yeah dude (laughs) while we're while we're diving into 90s card games here okay so my brother and i got there was a there was a, a little shop in town and uh they sold like that and that's really about it. The guy had like some sports cards or whatever, but he had those. And we my brother's like, You gotta get into this raw deal game. And like we got <laughs> we got starters. I got I got Kane and he got Rikishi and uh, a bunch raw, of other people. R- raw deal sounds like when Cam does a trade. <laughs> <laughs> For me. Yeah. Well, so basically you got your so you got your character and then you got it's a really easy game to play. Um we picked it back up within like 10 minutes. It's yeah, it's yeah. just it's super interactive. Um it's you play it a lot, you know, you build fortitude, you 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 hit big moves with more fortitude on the board, kind of like mana, and then there's a ton of reversals. And then you do damage and you win by by basically milling somebody out. So when they can no longer you know, they, they KO if they end the turn without a card in their arsenal. And then they, um, they're they pinned if you, act, you make them flip a card and they can't flip it. So anyway, we, we, we thought that when the game ended, it ended. And I remember at Kumute, there was some dude there. I don't know who it was. And he told me that they were still playing Raw Deal. And I told my brother about it. And I was like, wow, they're still playing. It's going to be a little bit like old school. So we get on the old school discord after we learn how to play and we're, you know, we're still throwing our old cards around. My brother bought me like four starters 
and we I just cracked them and tried them all and we just played them and it was fun to just play the pre-cons. Um, but what we what I found out was that that community is a lot like our community where what it what they did was like okay, they're not printing these cards anymore. We're all wrestling fans. We have graphic designers and stuff. We know how to do this. We got the card borders and whatever. We're just going to keep making cards. So a bunch of guys got together and they started doing expansion sets and they eradicated the old cards that were busted. And then they, they just kept going. So there's yeah. a bunch of different ways to play. There's classic where if you just want to play paper, you know, classic, there's that. And you can play over webcam. And then they've got virtual classic and virtual classic is basically played on octagon or OC TGN. It's like a tabletop simulator kind of thing. And what they did was they made all of the cards available virtually or printable so that you can proxy. They just mm-hmm. play all proxy. Cause if you want to buy some of the cards now, it's like, they're not as expensive as old school cards for magic, but some of them are insane, but they're like, you know, it's like, I don't want to pay $40 for this fucking finisher move for Kane. I'm going to play this deck one time, you the know, tombstone pile driver. Yeah. The tombstone pile driver, which I did actually order the other day, but it was only $14. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, but it was, I, I just thought it was, well, it that's was the money cool. you saved on not hiring a plumber for your bathroom remodel, right? Well, just putting you know, it to good go. use buying WWF raw deal. Cards. Well, funny little story about that though, is I actually had all the cane, all the good cane cards. I had bought them all. And I'm like, I'm never going to play this game again. And I'm like, I'm going to sell these. And I put them on eBay and some dude, um, it ended up being a soldier in Afghanistan bought the tombstone pile driver. And I had like $5 shipped and I'm like, Oh, this is no problem. I'm like in Afghanistan. I was like, Oh, son of a bitch. I'm like, now I got to mail it to Afghanistan. It ended up costing me more than the card was worth more than he paid to get it to him. And I was like, dude, I'm getting hosed on this deal, but I'm sending it to you just because you're over there and it probably sucks. Yeah. He's like, dude, everybody plays raw deal here. I'm like, how the hell does that happen? <laughs> I'm like, there's a bunch of dudes overseas yeah. playing raw deal. So I've got, um, I've got the stone cold starter deck. I've got the rock starter deck sealed. And then I've got a couple tag team sealed starter decks. I've got Hardys and Dudleys. The Hardys and Dudleys were the best two. Those were, and then they did actually, they did dead man incorporated where it was Kane and uh, Kane. And oh, Baker. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. But I should keep these decks sealed then and just print off some proxies and we should rumble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you've got to, cool, you've, you've got to teach. We got to get to, so there's a discord for this. There's a oh, there's a Discord for it, and um, it doesn't seem like as much of a shit show as some of the Discords are for Magic, but <laughs> it uh, it's actually really informational. And they have like a YouTube show too, where they go over like what the new sets are, the guys that are designing them, and stuff like that. And uh, they got really good stickies. I can invite you to the Discord. Yeah, yeah, um, hook me up with that. I'm just kind of trolling it. I haven't talked it or talked at all. I'm just kind of hanging out there. Do, um, do they have like guys in the buy, sell trade, like trying to sell junk for like $7? There's no buy, sell trade. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Cause it's just all proxy. Cause it's so all proxy. So they, they specifically de-emphasize the collectible element. Gotcha. Yep. gotcha. Yep. You can do it if you want and people still like them. And if you play paper classic on webcam, that's great, but it's like a specific bunch of people, I guess up to revolution, I guess they printed revolution and everything got busted. So nobody wanted to play it anymore. So they were like, all right, well, we're going to fix this. And then they added pre-matches and mid-match cards um, were in some of the later decks. So there's another whole way to play that wasn't there. And uh, But I just thought it was really cool. And it's kind of like what we're getting into where everybody's kind of playing proxies. It's like, all right, you know what? We love the game so much. We are 
not only going to proxy the old stuff and allow that, but we're going to make our own shit and we're going to have a panel of dudes around that are that. just going to figure this yeah. out. Well, you get, no, you get it's actually just trying to figure out how to make a reserve list so he can become the the Rudy and Daniel Chang of fucking <laughs> WWE cards and just <laughs> grind EV off of fucking morons. You you get to a point though where the collectability outpaces the playability, the ability to play, right? So we're like even if you've collected the cards and you have them, you don't really want to play with them because you don't want to deteriorate the quality. I mean, if you're just a maniac and it doesn't matter, that's fine. That is what it is. But like, you know, if, if you, you know, like in my case, like with my unlimited power, like, you know, I rarely ever use it anymore because it's like, it's not in good shape as it is. And I don't want to make it in worse shape. And, and you know, it's, I'm not really, you know, it's going to be worth so much more than I paid for it anyways, but it's like, it's that little lizard brain part of my brain. That's like, Hey man, you shouldn't be using this stuff, you know, except for like rare events. And, Mm -hmm. and so like other communities uh, of other card games have gone that way of what you're describing with, with raw deal. Like if you want to play star Wars CCG or star Trek CCG, you can find online communities that have like, libraries where you can access and print every card ever made including the cards maintained and developed by the players committees or whatever yeah, yeah it's, it's uh and some of the i was going to say some of the things that were pretty cool too is it must have appreciate this is they they added like they added a bunch of classic guys so you know there's like andre yeah. and flair and yeah, all those tight. You, you can get like managed by jim Cornette, like cards yeah. like that like there's all kinds of cool shit and it's like they changed. They did alternate art for a lot of cards that were already printed, and I don't know how many people actually print them. There's a lot of places you can get it printed. We know that because we make proxies all the time. But <laughs> Mythic Black Core. <laughs> yeah, right. for his ink, his toner is low. It doesn't you know want it, you it printed in two colors. <laughs> it's, it's funny just though. Cyan, just cyan and black. That's all they you had, get. Those cards are like the card quality is so much better on those cards too. Like the foils don't. They don't. You know, oh, don't don't go down this road. You know how many people are starting to feel fucking tilted already when you start talking about cardstock. Oh man, it's it's true though. They're they're just better. I'm like, oh, I have a bunch of foils. These never warped over time. They've been in a box for you know a decade or more, and they're they're fine. Yeah, I I I ordered just for shits and giggles. I ordered some uh, foiled copies of Mastodon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they, they they look like they look like taco shells man they're they're fucking rough <laughs> which ironically is what moss named himself in this chat right now yeah yeah you know i am kind of surprised though, you can go to my only fans to see the true mastodon though <laughs> i i, I there, there is definitely some youth, some youthful exuberance to this though like i could see tan, cam sitting around and brainstorming magic cards that are just terrible and changing rules and, and oh you mean to like to have your lands in one pile and your uh, spells in another <laughs> and you can just take from whichever pile you hey, want I'll, I'll give i'll give cam this to be fair though cam cam has has at least dared to to yeah. think of other ways to play the game and has tried I, two, two ways, ways that suit him in order to berserk the fuck out of you on turn three. Oh, it's totally selfish. Two channel. <laughs> Have I told you guys that I've that I've built or I've or I've kind of penciled out a wheel of time expansion for magic cards? On a on a notepad, like a yellow notepad. Yeah, yeah, no, like a notebook. I've just made up a bunch of cards. I mean, th- no testing, they're probably all broken. It's probably disgusting, but I, like 
uh, that kind of stuff really interests me. The, the design part of it, trying to make things balanced and trying to create stuff where you look at it and you're like, Oh, that's that, that would be automatically broken, but it depends on what you play with. You know, if you create one sealed set, that'd be one thing. But if you play, yeah, if you, if you have something that gets you an instant from your, you know, <laughs> you know, your, your deck without paying a mana, if you have ancestral recall bomb on this like this and like not like give us details we need examples you can't just to say you've you've designed an entire set of magic and just not tell us well first of all i i, I honestly am surprised this hasn't happened yet with the amount of proxies yeah. and stuff people are doing i mean they did try that chaos one or whatever that was uh that mm -hmm. set that mm -hmm. bit yeah. helped design yeah. and that that's uh, one thing but to actually special yeah chaos. spectral chaos nope. but to actually get a few guys together that are just really you know, been around the game for a long time and, and, you know, just come up with an expansion set. I'm sure um, people, people have done it. You know, there, there's all sorts of custom magic card. If you want to play Darth Vader as a magic card, just Google Darth Vader magic card and you'll find a hundred of them that people have made. What, what I would want to They literally have a whole star Wars set. Yeah. Sorry, boss. I Go mean, and don't, oh, I say, don't, don't let Nick fool you. I've designed the world's greatest Thalid overlord. Just he did. Me. It's true. Well, what I was going to say is it, just going back and, and fixing the casting costs on a lot of cards yeah. rather than designing new cards is what I would want to tackle as a project. And you then proxy, what like, proxying those up. Like, was, was it North Star that like could have been playable if it wasn't for the unreal casting costs and activation costs? Like, I mean, that card could have been a lot of fun, but they made it cost like 15 mana or something like that. You're correct, Quail. That was the only card that was ever overcosted, and if only yeah, yeah. they I would mean, have fixed I mean, that one that... card. <laughs> I mean, fuck you, boss. <laughs> so, so North it's Star. Just, I mean, it's all legends, right? Like every random legend pull. <laughs> Quail's like, I, just, I, I don't know, know legends why. card. What about North Star? <laughs> yes, good job, dude. I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> Cam's, just, I don't know Cam's why that losing card. It. Cam's over here losing <laughs> it. It's just how bitter I am right now. <laughs> Cam's I don't know why Cam's that card is stroking out in my head. <laughs> oh, shoot, this is so much fun. I love this. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah, it, <laughs> it's just so weird to hear Moss's voice instead of fucking snarky uh, gifs all day long. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. The, that that is actually how my brain. I think in gifs though. That's what's <laughs> like the the medium has overtaken my ability to like put together a cogent sentence. So now I'm just like, oh, Kermit falling off a building. Oh, Kermit dead in the pool. Oh, <laughs> Kermit being gunned down on the Conan O'Brien show. You're really partial lately to Kermit falling over the handlebars of his bicycle. Yeah, that one's excellent. <laughs> or or yeah, getting that's, shot by a dog. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I post a deck or a deck idea or a combo idea, it's Kermit falling over the front of his bike. Yeah. No, so Coming Anytime I post an altar, it's Moss uh, telling me that Sierra Rush does it better. <laughs> you know what? Let's not name names, all right? We're not going to name names here. We're not naming names. Well, so if, if you were gonna if you were gonna fix the casting cost of the card, what would you fix? Of North Star? Not North Star. <laughs> <laughs> the only card. The only card that needs fixed. The only one. Yeah. Probably, um, I mean, honestly, like, and I say this with oh, at least a little bit of sarcasm, I would fix Serendipifreet's casting cost and make it three in one blue. 
Well, that's just mean, dude. I'm thinking about like making <laughs> shitty cards better. You're like going the opposite way and like trying to make awesome cards worse. No, that's that's fair. I mean, the answer is quite obviously all of the legends. Correct. Creature. Yeah. You just basically drop all of the non-colored mana, right? So, um, you know, your elder dragons are just two of their requisite colors and you can drop two off, you know, stuff like that. Hey, how much would you have to change force of nature to make it an okay magic card? Remove the upkeep. <laughs> yeah. Or 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 would would four green green with a double green upkeep would that be playable? No, I think I like Casey's idea. You just drop the upkeep. It's yeah. already what three and three green or two and it's four two, green. It's two and four green. Yeah, that's yeah, if you, impossible if you can, to cast. Yeah, if you can get yeah. that, that you deserve to have a force of nature without an upkeep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, honestly. I, I just if you think in small, like how good would ball lightning be if it was just one colorless and two red? Be a hell of a lot more playable. I yeah. don't know anybody who played Goblin King. Yeah, I mean, well, Go- Goblin King should be red red instead of one red red. That that's too. that's the obvious one. Probably I think, I think in Ma- keeping with the other lords characters. I think mm-hmm. M- yeah. I think MG brought that up. He he did a whole cast on on some of this stuff. But yeah, I mean, I would just start cutting colorless casting costs off of stuff. And uh, yeah. So what, what, what is the card that you most want to play, but don't put in any of your decks? Jug- in? Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Well, well, in that you don't put in any of your <laughs> decks because. It costs too much. Juggernaut can't reliably cast it. If I could cast <laughs> Juggernaut off it's of a Mana Vault, drop. if I could, if I could consistently cast Juggernaut for five a five three for three instead of a five three for four, I think that would be one of the best Magic cards because you could get it out before a factory could get activated. Yeah, five three for three for is insane. Yeah, but has to attack. That's up there. That's like close to like Curd Ape efficiency because that's eight stats for three mana. Whereas a Curd Ape with a forest off a of Taiga is what five points for one mana. I, w- I would, I would trade it. I would let it be a five one. Five one for three. Yeah. But, now, yeah. You're just designing a whole new creature here. Well, <laughs> what are, doing? What are, what are we doing here? Well, I thought we were talking yeah, about adjusting existing either. cards, and now we're like, "Hey, let's let's make Juggernaut cast three, and let's make it a five-one." I mean, Cam, this actually give it haste. So, what are we so doing here? Off. Thinking of thinking of that, let's talk about the opposite side of your issue, of things, and that is what are we doing here, dude? Yeah. You didn't even no, let sword, me swords Swords. Hey, if we're going to talk about swords of plowshare. It should be white, white, and a sorcery. Fuck that card. Come on, man. You can't neuter <laughs> that. that. Maybe that this, card. Maybe, maybe one a sorcery would be, would be really well, bad. Well, the Spectral Chaos set actually printed uh, Swords to Plowshares at two colorless and a white. And I think that's, that's not, not bad. bad. That's not bad. You shouldn't be able to get rid of a Shivan Dragon for one mana. And yes, I know Blue Blast is a card, but what like, if Smog just wants to go raise pumpkins, though? That's bullshit. That, yeah, that is such a bullshit magic card. Smog just Come wants on, to go man. sit on his treasure hoard, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, prison on planet bullshit. Smog, yeah, I got Moss. a sign Smog, signed by Christopher Tolkien himself. <laughs> oh, what do you think about that, Moss? Uh, whatever, man. 
<laughs> okay, we're, we're talking about making bad magic cards better by giving them a better casting cost, and Cam just wants to take all the good cards and make them awful. Again, yeah, Cam's just airing his grievances against swords. I mean, look, mine twist should be black, black, X. Does that's anybody? I'd still, I'd still twist the fuck out of you, Cam. That's, that's it's fine. still playable. I, dude, I would rather get twisted. Twist my cards away, but don't let me cast them and then remove them from the game for one mana. That is so dumb. That's that's dumb. That is, and it's unbalanced. That's the whole thing. Like Moss is complaining about a five three artifact creature being uh, like too powerful. We're talking about balance here. Swords the Plusher is an unbalanced magic card. That's my that's my biggest issue with it. Yes, does it destroy every deck that I play? Literally every deck that I play. Yes. <laughs> and plus, it is white. White sucks anyway. Yeah, but Cam, did you like when I sent you that signed one not too long ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my my trash can enjoyed it. <laughs> no, no, dude, it's it's in my middle school list. I'm I'm I, working on I'm working on completing my third play set of different art signed uh, sorts of plowshares. I've got the the original ones, what the Mengis ones. I've got the uh, what was the Ice Age one? Was that Foglio? Uh, Kaya yeah, Foglio. Yeah, and then oh. um, I'm working on the Therese Nielsen ones, which I think are baller from Iconic Masters, I think it was. Yeah. Eternal Masters, yeah, are, one of those yeah, latter-day awesome. sets. They're really fucking cool. Here, here's one. I, I'd want uh, Terror to be able to hit artifact creatures. Mm. Yeah. That was Dark yeah. Banishing from Ice Age, speaking for, of Ice Age. But for right? two. Yeah. Nobody plays yeah. Dark Banishing. Well, what yeah, if it was two Black and- Black? What if Dude, it was black black? Still, I'd still play it. If it didn't hit artifact creatures, if it cost double black, I'd still play it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think they've actually printed each and every one of these terror derivatives since like modern. Yeah, but we're talking about old school, man. No, no, I know. But like and cards were made after old school. Wait, what? Right. But it seems like they they realize like, well, we need more removal in like standard sets or whatever. What haven't we done? We haven't like the conditions and is, is that because they did not reprint cards like terror or swords of plowshares they just reprinted different nerfed versions of them well they didn't reprint swords after ice age until eternal masters right other than right. maybe some promos so like they didn't print it for 20 years 20 plus that, years and that is really cool art that the art that you're talking about the eternal masters ones yeah, yeah. i like that it's, it's baller it's so good yeah but like they I, the the designers I mean, they, they knew it was up with swords. They didn't print it ever again. Basically, yeah. what about what about dropping a blue off amnesia? <laughs> there that, we go. Now <laughs> we're talking. Now we're now we're getting back on track. <laughs> <laughs> or giving ghost ship a two blue regenerate, not three blue regenerate. Yeah. That what if, that art on that art on amnesia is sick. Amnesia is awesome. Yeah. What if air elemental was two blue blue? I don't know. Air elemental is already good. I mean, it's, it's just a four, 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 four flyer. Yeah. yeah, but four, four for four. Wouldn't that be okay? Wouldn't that be that's, better? That, that's yeah, that would be really goddamn good. That's too good. <laughs> yeah. Four, four for four with evasions. Really goddamn good, dude. In are, blue, aren't, we talking about, aren't we talking about making creatures better? Yeah, but we're I mean, talking about making like, you're, you're taking like decent creatures and making them busted. We were trying to, the original idea was we were going to talk about like cards that are unplayable. We were going to talk, we talk about North Star <laughs> and Bartel Runax. Hey, but Bartel Runax actually isn't awful. Yeah. Our, our, just, I mean, you want, you want to make like pearled unicorn one in a white? I mean, is that what we're talking about? 
Yeah, we'll play small ball. My fucking daughter would love that. Give her all. Dude, I'd like. I'd fucking love it if Erg Raider didn't have to attack every turn. (laughs) You know what? Same with Juggernaut. (laughs) While it's a five-one that just sits there and blocks. Yeah, like, right. Let's make I'm, all walls I'm, able to attack. Let's do that. Here's a little cycle from, from the Legends creatures. There's like uh, uh, Princess Lucretia and Riven Turnbull, which are like huge bodies, 5-4 and 5-7, that tap to add a mana. Lucretia adds blue, Riven adds black. Sure. Costs like, like Lucretia costs three, a black and two blue. Riven Turnbull costs five colorless and a black and a blue. Like which by that point, if you have seven mana, why do you need it to make mana? Exactly. <laughs> I'm good, bro. I've already had seven tacos. I don't need another yeah. one. Hey, should fire elemental fly? No. Given that it, given that it's the mirror of air elemental. No. I mean crickets, air, fire. I don't know, Cam. <laughs> no, no, it's because it, it's they're mirrored. It's earth and water, and then fire and air. Shouldn't fire, and then you could have the other two like. The earth elemental should have mountain walk and the water elemental should obviously have island walk. But so we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to mythic black core and we're going to order up some fire <laughs> elementals that can fly. That's a two and two red. <laughs> this no, sounds like some fodder for your uh, wheel of time set. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sorry that we want to make creatures that are actually playable. Cam, okay, I and if your set doesn't have a playable North Star, I'm going to be pissed. You're going to call it the Big Dipper. It's 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 Queen Queen Dar. <laughs> I mean, I get with the red though. Like, I mean, they've already got the the best beater ever in Siobhan. So if you give them the, a, a the dies for one white, five, a cool. flying five drop. I mean, that's now you go from dragon whelp to a flying five drop. You actually have a red flyer deck with a decent curve to it that yeah. are are pretty good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I always just go to things like, like what if control magic was like three colorless in the blue? Well, then you have uh, binding grass. It's binding grass, so why not yeah. do it? You know. Yeah. We're we're gonna fix so. this game one shit take at a time. <laughs> fro- fro- <laughs> frozen shade, a flying frozen shade. Yeah, dude. That I've that's the. That. Why I've is that card that. not fucking flying? That art sucks. It doesn't fly. I feel cheated. A buddy, so this was a couple, uh, I think it was our most recent bootleggers ball, which was like 2019 at this point. Um, our buddy Chris played uh, a deck, which was basically cards he owned, um, unsleeved. And so he had a board state. I remember seeing that was an unlimited box Ruby, an Italian moat and a frozen shade with flight on it. <laughs> Hey man, you got to get over that moat somehow. Yeah, exactly. That was what won him that game. Well, here's here's a here's another one. What if you uh, maybe it's too good because it's black, but drain life without the one colorless. You already got to use black mana to do it. It's black X. And black X. Yeah. Is that, that too broke? If you're playing in a mono black deck, a black fireball that just gets, gains you life. Yeah. That's it. Sick. Just, it seems totally fucking gross, but I mean, you do have to play. Back their black mana for it. So yeah. that's like they quote unquote fixed drain life in Ice Age 2 with Soul Burn and it's black X and two. And so, like, we're going the other way, but making it way worse. Yeah. 
Yeah. So again, we get that art is sick though, right? The dude's just like blown out there on the ground. Yeah. A guy is just roasted out there on the, on the snow field. Again, great art. Not you want to, you want to play something else. Yeah, absolutely. What if you, what if you had our Gothi and Pixies minus the artifact ability and just give it flying? Uh, it's a, I mean, pi- Pixies should be flying. What if it was green, green and you added flying and left the artifact ability? A green, green, two, one flyer. Yeah. I'd play the shit out of that card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That, would, that would be cool. Yeah. That's and a- I mean, I mean look, look, we're talking about like you're heavy into green. So it's a green deck. I mean, but who cares? It's a two, one that, dies to every piece of removal that's not an artifact. I mean, if we're if we're just b- throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. What would we have to do to make killer bees good? Man, that card ain't savable. Oh, uh, no. Make it green. Just ca- gr- casting cost is green. 1G. And it's a 1-1, one, one, not a green one. flyer that pumps. Oh, you know what? A 1-1 one, one would m- actually make it really cool. Yeah, make it a so one. it'd have to be one one for one in a colorless that you can pump. I, yeah. I would say one one for one green, but I, I hear it. What if so? Just a better pumps? script sprite. <laughs> what what if you made the the pumps permanent? <laughs> sure, why Jesus not? Jesus Christ! <laughs> why not, dude? <laughs> just to add one one counters to it. With, with Pony of the Hunt, let the counters stay. I would love that. There, that there that makes go. sense. That I'm pretty sure this same type of conversation. <laughs> And after Exodus, and that's how we got Urza's block. Yeah. Moss was having it in 08. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if what if Counterspell was free? <laughs> oh wait, it is. It's called Force of Will, right? What if we take Necropotence and get rid of the rest of the words? Hey, why does the why, why does the red uh force of will not hit the opposing player? That is that is stupid. Pyrokinesis, I agree. Yeah, that sucks. That card, is, that card is unplayable. If you could pitch a red card and do four damage to their face, that would be amazing. I oh, think that, that would, doesn't do that. What's that? I think that's why it doesn't do that. Yeah, it's a better fire blast. So, so, so now it's a shitty, unplayable card? I've played it. I it's mean, not, is it magic full of those? That's what yeah, I'm but- saying. We're trying to get rid of the, the <laughs> shitty unplayable cards. Or did I miss I mean, that's 90, 90% of the card pool, I mean, isn't it? People like Contagion. I mean, Pyrokinesis is, it just doesn't stick. That's the thing that sucks about it. Yeah. I mean, could we, couldn't we just essentially go through all of my deck lists at this point and just say yeah. these are the worst cards in Magic? More so or less. All, all your black decks? Yeah. All of them. How would you make Mana Vault better? I think it's fine. One, one, one less to untap. Yeah, just just three to untap, or it could untap yeah, any any time. Well, you can't do that because then you put power monolith. On. Yeah, it just turns into another yeah. monolith. Yeah, yeah. You well, you can do that anyway. If you have an instant, uh, like rocket launcher, you could put power monolith on or a power artifact on a mana vault and rocket launcher. Now you because because you can only pay to untap it on your upkeep, right? Correct. Yeah, so you can, you can, you, can ca- you can cast or you can use the rocket launcher ability in your upkeep. Well, whatever. I mean, that's pretty conditional. I'm just saying that's the only instant <laughs> speed X spell. 
Cam's got, a man, Cam's got a, a handwritten manifesto somewhere. In his <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Everything he would do that Dick Garfield didn't do right. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll name some names here. Um, if you, I tried to list, speaking of Garfield, man, I try and game design. I tried to listen to that uh, Rosewater and Garfield podcast episode and man, it just stunk. I was really disappointed. Um <laughs> Rosewater was like trying to jog Garfield's memories about, I think it was Tempest they, they worked on together. And he's, and Rosewater's like, ah, yeah, you remember that time we didn't shave for a week and we saw who got the <laughs> longest beard? And Garfield was like, no. <laughs> and then like, they moved on to the next topic. <laughs> and I'm just like, God damn it, dude. These are like dudes that have been integral to the game that have nothing interesting to say about it. You start feeling bad for Mark Rosewater. Well, no, I don't know about never, that. never in my life have I felt bad from Oak Mark Rosewater. Uh, I'm, I'm loving Moss's Rosewater impression. Fuck, man, that broke my <laughs> it broke my heart trying to listen to that podcast. I I switched over to whatever something Garfield, else. Garfield just no selling Rosewater. Yeah, nah, I don't remember that at all. You yeah, pie faced. Anyways, but I mean, really, really, Rosewater essentially was just like the ultimate fanboy who got a job there, right? And probably still to this day, like, hey, hey guys, I mean, can, can you do the impression again? I can't do it. Like, you nah, know, that was that was that was lightning in a bottle, <laughs> baby. <laughs> you can't bring that back. Well, you, just, yeah. you just gotta, you just gotta do an impression of Jay Leno, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty spot on, honestly. Yeah. No, nah, I don't know. I, I just wanted to. I wanted to get on the on the therapist couch and 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 speak my piece on that because I was I was like I was stoked because I knew like his cast wasn't that good. I've listened to a couple eps in the past, but it's been a while, and I was like, man, this is probably going to be at least interesting, if a bit grating. And I'm like, oh man, not only is it horrible, but they have nothing interesting to say. Does Doctor Richard Garfield, PhD Esquire? have anything really to do with magic anymore like and what i mean by that is i know he was kind of involved with the design of dominaria but does he like put besides hammering there? besides hammering checks i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I mean i i just don't know if if he's just like doing the rounds on rosewater's podcast as a courtesy or if he's even interested in it being a part of or him being a part yeah. of it. yeah yeah Rosewater probably followed him around like a fucking chihuahua for two weeks and was like, yo, Dick, when are we going to do it, just, Dick? Just dry humping his leg up and down the fucking street. Uh, <laughs> I'll give Mark Rosewater credit for precisely one thing, and that is... Oh, that blue-green berserk? Blue-green berserk. You know it, baby. <laughs> it's near and yeah. dear to my heart. It's a very fun deck. Talking about good, well-costed creatures and explosive gameplay. He and came up with that? Yeah, I don't know if he invented it, but like it was a deck that he played it, back in '94. Yeah, I, I'm just almost, like, yeah, he, yeah, he, he was very much integral in pioneering that deck, I believe. Just curve and tempo. Well, shit, oh, I don't man. know. I mean, is there anything else left to cover? We, we've, we've plumbed to new depths on this one. God, <laughs> man, you, you, you watch listens. All seven people who listen to this aren't going to make it past ten minutes. It's just yeah, going to no be shit. absolute. No, that's fine. This one, this one was for us, anyways, for the chews. Anyways, <laughs> Cam, 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 Cam gets to shut it down like usual. Yeah, yeah. So we're done, right? <laughs> Bye.
All right. Um, so yeah, you know, Cam, you and I have been wanting to do a, a deep dive on the Wheel of Time TV show for a while yes. here. Um, yes. The season one finale was last week. Um, you and I have both finished it. I have not read the entire series, but I've read about seven books. So I'm about halfway through the whole series. And I I haven't been reading them very, I'll, I'll read like a book a year or like a book every other year. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure. like super hardcore into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm really into the show and, and, and um, you meanwhile have read the series, what, multiple times? Yeah, I think I've read it at least three times all the way through the last one was last year when they announced that the show was being made. Um, so yeah, I I reread the whole thing. Um, I love rereading high fantasy books and this is, this is, this is the, the high water mark for, for me. Yeah. And, and just as a, you know, if anybody's still listening here at the end of this episode, this is going to be full spoilers on book and show, but we're only going to really focus on book one eye of the world. Um, so Cam, we'll try to keep the book spoilers in that zone. And then of course, season one was based entirely off eye of the world. Yes. Um, so yeah, first, so just launching into it, what the fuck was up with, uh, loyal being stabbed? Like there's no way he's dead, right? No, he, he can't be dead. I mean, he's such a crucial character. Uh, he is really the, you know, one of the, one of the differences that they made the show is moraine was the one that opened up the the way gate Correct. and that was all loyal loyal um because yeah. he was the one that that did all that in the books and there was the keys you know with the the leaves that they had to correct lock, and it, lock was, it, unlock. it was like ogier technology right yeah yeah it was originally they were the ones that that kept it and then it was it was brought down during the breaking of the world but yeah there's there's no way he's dead because why would you even if you wanted to leave him out just leave him out he hasn't filled it uh, his yeah. role in, in the series, but I, I think Rand or the one of the Essenes uh, are coming back, and probably Nanev will heal him. Will raise um, him? Or, yeah. yeah, and and you know what? I I made a presumption there that he was killed by Padron yeah. Fane. Um, he was stabbed. He maybe he wasn't yeah. killed, but he's just grievously wounded. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, that one, that one, I was like, "What the hell?" And then also how they found the horn of Valair just under the throne of Homeboys in the Homeboys fortress there. Yeah, I, I mean the the Shinari, yeah, the, the not, the not Sh- Tarvalon. What's far? It's F- Faldera. Faldera, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, they 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 sort of had to simplify the borderlands and what's going on up there. I mean, I like that they kept the the top knots and you you had uno there but he dies you know he is a, a instrumental part of the next couple of books um and, and and so i didn't really understand why they killed off those guys except they're trying to they're probably trying to streamline things with pad and fame uh the actor that they chose for that role is fantastic i mean yeah. he is he's slippery he is, yeah he is he is very good for that but he develops um, you know, a, a, a hatred for Rand and you don't really understand yet where, how, how they're going to put that into the storyline. You know, maybe I, you know, I just dove into to loyal because like, that was one of the things that just left me like, what the fuck at the end of uh, yeah. season one, but why don't we back up a little bit and just kind of 
can I let me let me pick your brain on what you thought of series uh, season one as a whole? Yeah, so I I thought it it was first of all it's beautifully shot from the the intro scene is is very Game of Thrones esque, but they put their own spin on it. The music is fantastic, and uh, you know I just I have a um, a very emotional tie to this series because I read it as a child, mm-hmm. I've read it as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. it, it means a lot of things to me. Uh, it's you know, just a, a very um, important book series to me. And so I, I know that watching lots of parts of it uh, made me emotional when, um, mm-hmm. when the dude was stilled um, Logan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that whole Logan is a huge part of the show where he really wasn't part of the books and he, and he's not for a long time. And so they're making, they're obviously making an artistic decision the, the reason why but i think that they might bring him and rand together and that may be how rand learns about the power because rand doesn't know what he's doing right you know he's he's obviously been told that he's a dragon reborn and he learns how to channel but it it's beautifully done and and i love the story um it, it feels a little uh, sloppy is not the right word but they had to make some choices, right? And because you can't include everything, right? And so I like the choices that they made, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely a little loose. So w- what I love about it is, well, first of all, it all the comparisons that put it pitted against Game of Thrones is annoying because it's, it's like a whole different world. Yes. I mean, like I mean that literally. It's a different worldview. It's a different storytelling style, and it's very deep into high fantasy magic. Whereas Game of Thrones, even though it has magic and dragons, yeah. it's more grounded. Well, Game of Thrones is is grim dark too, right? It's that gritty, True. morally gray stuff. There's oh, no. It's also that. Evil. It's also yeah. that. And and that's that's a huge difference with that because I mean. Uh, Wheel of Time is very um, Dungeons and Dragonsy, good versus evil. Like we all grew up reading Dragonlance and Driz yeah. novels, and like that that fundamental choice of like there the the bad guy is literally called the Dark One, and yeah. he's evil. <laughs> yeah, and you have like he he's the dragon, and he uses the light the the light power. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. So so yeah, it, it is much much different than Lord of the, uh, but- than. Uh, so I, I I appreciate the show going hard into the high fantasy and really yes. setting a different tone than, yes. um, you know, I mean, because there's some brutal stuff that happens in Wheel of Time, you know, but it's not, you know, like how many throats did I see get slashed in Game of Thrones yeah. where it's like violence porn. And after a while, like the first couple of times, it, it like, yeah. you know, it gets you. But then after a while, it's like, oh, another gruesome death. You know what I mean? You know, one of the things that struck me watching the first couple episodes of Wheel of Time was there is this horror sub element to it with the Trollocs and the dark and the fades. Yeah. And the fa- yeah, the fades are, are really scary. Yeah. When, when, especially when that Trolloc chases Nenev into the cave. Yeah. Any of the yeah. first or second one. That was scary. I mean, yeah, that's like, cool. I, yeah. But I, I love that they introduced that element where the story is kind of little goody goody at first and you've got these you know, these townspeople and they're in a bar and they're celebrating. And, and then you have this like really dark counterpoint to what's going on. I, yeah. I thought that was very well done. Yeah. No, that scene was sick. And then she goes underwater and you stabs him and you just yeah. see the, the red billowing up. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't graphic 
but it, I mean, it was graphic, but it wasn't like gruesomely porn, yeah. like violence porn. You know what I mean? It yeah. Was, it let your it let your imagination kind of fill in some of the blanks, and but it still put you ill at ease. Yeah, I mean, some of the so, like not not to keep going back to to Game of Thrones, but like there is a lot of gra- graphic violence and a lot of like sexualized violence in that, and yeah, there's absolutely. none of, none of that in Wheel of Time. It's yeah. it's written in a completely different style, and so you you know th- there are some violent things like people die and people get attacked and eaten by Trollocs, but um, that that whole like kind of thing that really rubs some people the wrong way um, with the the like the sex assault stuff in game of thrones is like, is not here. And I, and I appreciate that watching it. Cause um, you know, it's, it can be scary enough with, with, with the trucks, but you know, going back to that first episode with Moraine, just unleashing with the yeah. one power. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, I thought it's really well done how they've done the magic part Yeah, uh, of this. Um, yeah. And I, I, I was reading, I think, like a GQ article or somewhere about, and it's like it was referencing, like you know, them recording it or when when they were filming. I mean, and it's like Rosamund Pike, the the actress yeah. that plays, you know, uh, Moraine. You know, she's like she's like just doing all of these gyrations, right? Like <laughs> with in, no special effects in a vacuum, <laughs> and and then yeah, then they you know all of that shit is CGI'd in later. You know what I mean? So it's like it's yeah. got to be kind of strange at first when you're just you know, making all these hand motions and gyrations and, yeah. and exaggerated, uh, you know, the spell casting and yeah. all that has to be filled in and post, you know, it's really interesting when you, when you look at the season one and you say, who's the main character, like, who would you say is the main character? Um, so, okay. So let me, let me put a pin in that. And sure. I, I do want to answer that specific question, but I want to get to what I think, you know, my main gripe, if you will, was okay. that it's it's the, the the pacing on the sh- on the season as a whole is off to me. Yes, yes. like it, it's a slow starter, and I get they're doing a lot of world building, and I appreciate that. So it, it's it kind of rolls out slowly, but then in the middle, they kind of take a couple of segues that I didn't really care for. They got really deep into the Moraine and land connection. They got mm-hmm. really deep in with the warders. They got really deep in with the green Aja. I forget her name. Um, that was killed. Al- Alana. Yeah, they. they well, it they, was yellow. The yellow was killed. That's Corel. Oh my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, Alana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it was the, the yellow was killed. Yeah, yeah, Sacrificed yeah. herself when they fight Logan. Yep. Again, they like you alluded to. They went really deep on Logan. That was all in the mid season, and then they and then I felt like the meat of the story of the book was bum rushed into the last three episodes. The whole eye of the world and Rand, you know, spoiler alert, Rand is the dragon. They've been hinting. Is it, is it Matt? Is it Rand? Is it uh, Egwene? Is it Perrin? You know, and, you know, lo, you know, I, it's, it's actually interesting because, like, I know it's Rand, uh, my wife. She's watching <laughs> it with me. She's like, I don't know who it is. You know, she's, like, convinced it's going to be Nine Ever or Egwene. And I'm yeah. just like, Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, you know, but it's, it's Rand. And so then they, but he, so in the book, he's the main character. Yes. And in the show, I feel like it's Moraine to answer your question. Yeah. But I feel like with the way they paced it, I don't think they gave enough buildup for Rand. So that way, when the reveal happened, it didn't hit as much as I thought it would. I mean, it hit, sure. I mean, I also know it's coming, right? So I have to, I have to take my opinion with a grain of salt there. 
Um, I have to be mindful of that because it's like, yeah, I knew it was going to be him the whole time. So, you know, maybe the correct person to ask is somebody who, for whom that was a big reveal, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I, and I don't honestly don't know what I would have wanted differently. I mean, well, for example, maybe here's one thing. Remember how in the book they have the whole, uh, Rand has the whole concept of the void. Tam Mm -hmm. teaches him how to enter the void, which is like, I kind of, I visualize that as like, um, like a pseudo, um, uh, like a mind, like a mindful state of uh, mm-hmm. maybe like um, meditation, content. meditation, yeah, yeah. Me- meditation. Yeah. yeah, it's like a meditative state, right? Yeah. And you know, his dad or his his father uh, figure had taught him this, and he's been using it throughout his life, and that's what's made him like a really keen archer. Yes. But now he when when he goes to try to channel, he figures that if by here he finds out that by entering the void, he can control the one power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, I, it's like, but they didn't have any of that set up. And so then like when he's trying to use the power at the end, he's just like, well, I don't know here. I'm, I'm just going to like, hold on to this, this Terangreal, you know, this holy relic and, yeah. and like, it's going to light up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how people are watching this cold without knowing anything, without reading the books, because, yeah. you know, like the end, we, we all saw the bad guy and we're like, oh, it's Ishmael. Yeah. Um, and, but. I don't know if they're trying to make it seem as if that's the dark one. And you know, that, that part, like you're talking about pacing, that whole part should have been two or three episodes and they really should have focused on, okay, well they had that beautiful sec, that five minute section with loose Theron. Yeah. I love that. In the beginning. That was, that was amazing. Right. And you had the show cars and, and everything in the background was fantastic. But like, if you don't know what that is, what are you even like, what is your concept of what's happening there? And and then same thing when Ishmael comes and he's, he's there, but he's not there. And like, you don't, you know, when the, when the, the knife comes through the back of Moraine's head, basically. Yeah. yeah. And Rand, Rand is dreaming, but you know, you're just like, why, why is that even important? Why, how does this guy have this effect on us? And then they, they totally left out the whole green man and there was the last pool of Satan was supposed to be at the eye of the world. That's what he used to defeat. And, and I just thought like you could have added that stuff in. It wouldn't have cost you much time. Yeah. Um, but you well, were, then, you were rushing through everything else. Yeah. That gets to my point about the pacing where, yes. The, yes. you know, they did a good job setting up the world at the beginning, but then yeah. they, I, the middle season kind of went in too many different directions and got away from the core of the story. And yeah. kind of almost had like these little mini arcs, you know, low gain yeah. and the, they, you know, the, the warders, like I said, you know, I already went down this road, so I won't go back down it, but um, that's time that could have been used to help set up, I think, some more of the mystic element of, you know, what the main quest was about. Yeah. They must've thought that, that the uh, SNI dying and the warders reacting to that is really, really important because they spent almost an entire episode on that warder killing himself. Um, and it, it's a good episode. It's like, a great, but it's it great doesn't, TV. it doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't, it's, it's completely outside the scope of the book and it doesn't help further the main story. It's, it's, it's just like a little bottle episode. And uh, when you uh, only have eight episodes to work with in the season, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's already pretty dense material. You know, I just felt it was a little far uh, afield. Unless they're foreshadowing that, you know, Moraine is going to die 
And that, that would make more sense if you're going to try and simplify things. You know, Moraine falls through the, the, door, the, the twisted doorway and then he disappears and Land goes crazy. Um, I yeah, don't know if you've, even, that's, if you've yeah. even gotten there. Well, yeah, no, that's where, I, where I'm at in the books is Moraine has disappeared. Yeah. Okay. But I think what they're doing is they're setting that, that story up for Moraine doing that. Land is going to have the same effect. And then Neneev is going to have to come in and... Yeah. And re- and basically rescue him from his from the 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 longing I think it's called I can't, I can't remember exactly but but there's so they're gonna just dispense like so Moraine gets quote unquote stilled I don't know yeah. if that's real or not so yeah, it's that like, was weird that was like, really weird like she has so much more to do in the books but then I yeah. then I kind of stop and think about it. it's like well wait a minute she's still in a bunch more books but like her main arc is actually kind of done. Yeah, it's I like, mean her 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 thing is to counsel Rand now. Like she is like she doesn't have to use her power to fight Trollocs. He's powerful enough to do anything he needs to do. She her power is irrelevant except yeah. for and plus she's been exiled from the White Tower now. Yeah. So she's not she's not an asset for that. So um, it's it's interesting. Like I yeah. that's you know, that's a deviation from the from the book that I think could actually be, you know, it's got me guessing and yeah. Um, she's obviously going to stay on the show because she's you know, one of the main, like, like I just said, the main <laughs> character or so, or so it seems, but yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you, if you want to switch up, there's also Matt and Perrin to talk about a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's cover Yeah. Let's cover the other three or actually yeah. let's cover the other four to Varen first. Sure. Um, yeah. Let's start with Perrin. So it was interesting how like, I, I like the changed backstory they give him with him accidentally killing his wife during the Trolloc raid yeah. at two rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives him a depth that, uh, that he would otherwise lack. Cause he doesn't have a lot to do in the first book. Yeah. And, and again, er, like early on, he's just, he's kind of the, the, but the dependable buddy, he's not, written as a quote-unquote smart person or cunning like matt or rand yeah. and he's yeah. just kind of the solid buddy and i just think they wanted to live in him up a little bit i, I don't I like i like the guy that they picked for him but i don't think that they've used him very well i and i hope that they they lean more into his wolf brothers story yeah and, and that comes out because that's really cool they had the little thing with the white cloaks and the white cloaks are mm, yeah, no, those are this holy shit. But yeah, as, as far that's probably one of the best adapted things. The, yeah. Aja, the Aja and the White Cloaks, I think, are the best adapted things. Yeah, it's it's book. funny. I, I looked at them and I was like, oh, it's a, it's a bunch of proud boys well, <laughs> at, for, at first. Yeah, but 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 you know, it, there's there's schisms within the White Cloaks, and there's the questioner who is just. I mean, he's horrible in the books too. I don't know yeah. how far you've gotten into that part, but. Um, I mean, he is obviously horrible. He's terrifying. And he's, uh, yeah, yeah. It, but he's like that for a reason, right? And there's no way he's dead. Like, I don't, he, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I don't remember in the book him having that collection of rings. Was that in the book? No, he he didn't. And they don't, uh, from what I know, they don't kill Esedai. They just, they, they, they try and basically drum up stuff against them because most Esedai would just kill him, just wipe him out. Because they can do that if their life is in danger. So I don't know. He was trying to get uh, Egwene to channel, but he didn't seem like he was afraid of her channeling at all. And well, he's killing them because he's got a dozen of their rings. Yeah. And and that's the thing. He was saying something in one of the episodes about if we cut off your hands, you're no longer able to channel. And I don't know that 
that was ever discussed in the books, but maybe that's some SDI use their hand motions as a crutch to access the power. Yeah. And maybe his, cause he chopped the, the girl's hands off in the first one where he's burning her alive. Her yeah. hands were gone. Yeah. And so, so that's an interesting choice, but yeah, he is, he is set up to be a monster for, a, for a reason. Right. And then yeah. the, the, there's another section of the gold of uh, the white cloaks who are a little bit more noble. And I think you saw that, like they don't jive well with the questioners. Oh Try yeah. To- right. Because one of the, what's the Elaine her, one of her yeah. sons. I mean, this is yep. a few books away, but yeah, her yep. son. Gallad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, way outside the scope of this conversation but yeah. uh yeah so Perrin you know I agree they didn't you know they they tried to give him a little bit more interesting story but he just didn't have enough to do um the wolf stuff was okay but they didn't lean into it much but they also you know they're, again they're, they're they had so many stories going on at once you know and then and then there at that last scene Perrin just he picked up an axe but he let those guys go you didn't have any yeah he just looked like an idiot at the yeah, end yeah and, and that doesn't that doesn't jive with his character later on. And, yeah. and maybe, maybe there was a reason for it, but you know, I, I just, I think that they, they cast him really well. I like Like he's, he's big. He plays the part. Yeah. He's very, he's, he's an interesting guy. I just hope they use him better. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I want to see him. I want to see him do more. And hopefully. that, and, and that segues into Matt as well. Right. Like, yeah, I was expecting see, the season finale to snap back to him. Um, because he's going to hook up with Tom, yeah. I, I assume in Tarvalon. Yeah, and then they're going to go recapture the horn. Yeah, because because in the book it's Matt and Rand and Loyal who go after the horn when it's kidnapped. But I I thought it was by Trollocs because why doesn't Pad and Fane just blow it? Um, if he blows it, then he's the only one that can blow it. It, it doesn't matter if somebody takes it from him. Well, I mean, that gets into the whole, the dark one didn't <laughs> actually want to win that battle type yeah. thing. It's all about grooming Rand, right? Yes. Yes. Um, Which is a very interesting point. Um, we're, uh, so, so, so for Matt, um, I liked the dagger. I, I liked uh, I, the, sh- what was the shadow city called? Shao. Yeah. Sh- Shadar. I always thought it was Shader Logoth, but they, they yeah, pronounced Shadar it Logoth. Sh- Sh- Shadar Logoth almost yeah. as one word. Yeah. Um, that, that was, that was a scary. That again, to your point about it being like a horror uh, yeah. element, you know, that, that was scary shit. Uh, the, I liked the dagger, how it poisoned him. Um, I liked his portrayal. He had a little bit of heart too. He wasn't just a complete slime ball. Well, you see, you see him where he wants to be selfish, but he can't like that scene where he's taking care of his sisters exactly. at the beginning. And I, I think that that, that plays into his character where he has a weakness for, he doesn't want to be a hero, but he is a hero. If, if you know what I mean? Like he, well, he's he an doesn't accidental wanna, hero. Yeah. He doesn't want to be a hero, but he'll always do the heroic thing. Um, now I had read, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. That was well, I, I had read that, um, He's going to be recast for season two. Had you read that? No, I hadn't. Yeah, and I don't. I you know that's that's maybe just grist for the rumor mill. But uh-huh. I'd read that. Um, you know, for and I don't know the story, so I'm not going to you sure. know rumor monger here. But I, but you know, as to the reasons why. But I think they're going to recast him, which yeah. I I enjoyed the guy's portrayal as as Matt. I thought he did a serviceable job. But yeah, um, you know, he his his story has a long way to go. I mean, he, hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, 
because he 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 loses an eye he gets the Asharande, the spear. Yeah. He, go, he goes through the, the doorway in Tarvalon. Well, he starts remembering. I mean, if they go yeah. into the military campaign, he starts remembering, yeah. you know, he starts remembering yeah. old campaigns from past lives and knows and, what to do. And I think that was in Ruidian, um, which, which leads into the, the Aiel, who again, yeah. all, all we saw was a nine month pregnant Aiel yeah. who is yeah. in the middle of labor, yeah. just absolutely stomped. A bunch of uh, the the guys from Tier. <laughs> so that th- that brings me to um, another like I don't want to say criticism, but a critique that I have is that the the show while they they have all of these beautiful locations, but yeah. the sense of place is skewed because they're they're not saying like here's where the different places are in relation to each other. Sure. So like, and I, and I, again, I get it. I've read the books. I've looked at the maps, but I'm trying to like, look at it through the eyes of somebody that's never, that's not as familiar with the material. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how, so like, you know, this, this woman is fighting these guys. Who are these soldiers? Where are they at? What are they fighting for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if you, if you don't know any of that, all you're seeing is that this, these soldiers are attacking this woman and she's whooping their ass. And like, you don't know that it was because a layman, cut down the 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 sacred tree of yeah ruidian and so they marched on tarvalon and they yeah. all they wanted to do was kill this one guy and the whole world united against them and they didn't care like th- there's this beautiful beautiful backstory to why they were there in the first place yeah and, and, I, and I i guess that that kind of cuts to the core of the of robert jordan where everything is so richly detailed yeah. That to adapt it to a TV show, you have to make a lot of cuts. And, you know, and yeah. so it's, I don't fault them for that. Yeah. Um, I just wish there was a little bit more. I don't want to say world building because they've done that, but it's just like yeah. try to connect a few of these locations, you know? Yeah. Well, they, they obviously thought Swan Sanchez's story was important because they dedicated almost an entire episode to it. And I don't know if they thought like, personally connecting the characters like making moraine more human would make just make better tv and that could be true but yeah. they spent a lot of time on her and, well, I, and you know, she, she's gonna get stilled and yeah, deposed and here <laughs> yeah she's gonna get bald it's like what why you know she's yeah. an important person in the series again, but <laughs> again that ep- it felt like a bottle up almost again and it it, yeah. it was great it was good tv it was emotional and her yeah. i loved her with her oregon story or uh uh origin story and the way they came back to it where yeah. moraine when she had to hold the the artifact to take the oath to not return she yeah. repeated a line that suan's father had told her when she left yes his fishing hut to go study yep. and so you know that's something that swan had told moraine in confidence and she was yes. repeating it back to her like that was a really beautiful part but it's again it's like they spent a whole episode on this it d- didn't further the story and like you said like <laughs> not at all she's gonna get bald anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah she she's gonna get fucking turn one mind twisted here yeah. in, in j- just a second yeah Le- leandrin's ready to to fly the her black freak flag and take over yeah yeah and it's um, i mean they, they made the the white tower is beautiful the costumes oh are beautiful. yeah no it's the, sick it's the sick. coloring and the saturation is really a big contrast to most quote-unquote fantasy that you see that's yeah. usually like washed out kind of gray yeah. they really leaned into the colors and Absolutely. that's what, that's very important to robert jordan right he's he's always talking yeah. about this emblem and that emblem and and 
and, and the colors are, but yeah, I mean, they, they've spent a lot of money on this. Thanks Bezos. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how about we touch on Egwin then? Yeah. So she's, she's fantastic. They've really kind of leaned into Egwin and Rand though, and their love story. And like that, I like that. I like that. that. Yeah. It petered out really early in the books and they, they kind of knew early on. And so again, I I think they're making these choices for a reason that we have yet to see, but you, you, yeah, you haven't finished the book. So you don't know what happens with Egwene. Yeah. Um, But it, it, ah, you know, like it depends on how long, if, if they think they were going to make one season and, and the potentially get canceled, or if they're setting up to do 10 seasons, they're doing, they're planting some deep seeds right now. Yeah. Um, to make to make the the pattern work. Well, you got there. You have to in a show like this. You have to have some romance. Period. Yes. And and that's a good focal point. And it will lead to you know because you can have the tension between they have their they they want to be with each other but they can't because they're each called to a higher duty. Yes. Right. And I think that's just where they're going to go with it. Yeah, I, and and it's kind of interesting the the way they they put men into the show correct like yeah. there was no charisma uh, there was no chemistry between her and rand when rand went back in there and she's reading his like yeah. i didn't i didn't get the vibe from because she becomes the love of his life he's yeah. the one she's the one that spends all the time around him you know she's the one that's always there she yeah. she is like the wife um yeah i mean that was just like a really soft introduction right she was yeah. basically a plot device Honestly, yes. at this yeah. point. So, but yeah, I was, I was happy to see, is she in the first book though? I couldn't remember that. I, I don't think so. And, and, and really where, where I wish they would have gone with that is I wish that they would have introduced Luz Theron earlier yeah. in Rand and yeah. used that to show him yep. he's his, the dragon, his internal monologue, but yeah, that gives it away. That gives it away too much. I think. Yeah. Th- that seems weird to make that choice. It's like, he's literally the dragon reborn as soon as, you know, it's it's like burying the lead a little bit. Like I, yeah, I understand I you. I understand you want to have some mystery in it, and, and it was cool when when Tom kills that dark fiend and and because she doesn't know which one of them it is. Yeah, um, that was that was cool. But again, like you could start working the Forsaken in. You could have start. You could have brought Landfear in. Yeah, er, early on, like they do in the books. And uh, I just I I'm hoping to get some Forsaken in the um next couple books because i like in the next couple of seasons because i like how different they are and they're they're not like these evil monsters they have agendas yeah they're humans they're humans that were sdi that turned from the light for selfish reasons right yeah and if you yeah if you read some of the the backstories to them they all have reasons why they why they didn't either they hated loose therein or they wanted better research or they wanted access they wanted knowledge but they're all different and they're really evil yeah but they're hu- but they're human right so um so you you had mentioned tom merrill and i'll, we'll, I'll touch yeah. on him briefly it's interesting how um you know w- when you read a book a character has a certain look or mannerism yes. in your mind's eye, the way that yes. you read it. And for whatever reason, for Tom Marilyn, in my mind's eye, he he's not a wizard. He he's a bard, basically, from D. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. Right. This is just for anybody that's listening and doesn't know this shit. I know you know that, but, but yeah. so he's not a magic user. He's a bard. Okay. If he's, if you want to say his class, but in yeah. my mind's eye, he looked like Gandalf, right? So he was older, uh, but of indeterminate age. So like fifties, maybe early sixties yes. and big, like in my mind's eye, gray beard, big beard, kind of bumbling, but he can, when he gets pissed, he can throw down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was expecting a Sam Elliott esque mustache. Yeah. Because that was big in the books, right? It's Tom's the mustache. Stash, yeah. The stash, right? And, but and he, yeah, he's just kind of this like kind of in the, in the show, he's Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's, he, old, he's old man solo. He's old Han Solo from The Force Awakens, which is <laughs> yeah. also so I love the Tom Maryland from the show. I like the way they went with it. Yeah. And he's just a he's a Billy Badass, kind of like a equal parts Han Solo and Johnny Cash. <laughs> and, um, but it's not how I pictured him in my head. So it's, yeah. I, and so like when I go back to the books, I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm curious to see, is he going to read more like the show version or am I going to go back to my headcanon version? I don't know yet. Yeah. That, well, it's very interesting that if you, if you haven't finished out the series and you, you're bouncing between the book and, the, and that, you know, I always thought of of Lan as being like huge. I, I like the choice they made in the show. I like that they went with like sort of the samurai esque angle Swarthy. to him. Swarthy is the word I would use. Yeah, but uh, I always <laughs> imagined Lan being this like giant person, especially next to to Moraine, and yeah, they're, like, they're the same size. Yeah, I mean that is what it is. Yeah, I yeah. in the in the book, yeah, I read him as being like six five, right? Yeah, like basket, like six five, swarthy, you know, yeah. wiry strength. Yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're going with? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like the 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 long the long hair pulled back and the Malkier. Um, I I love that part of his story. Like he's one of my favorite characters of any book ever. And I, I, I like the actor. He, he's a fantastic actor and he has good, his voice is good. Um, yeah. his, lo- his look is good. The way he holds himself, the way he like moves yeah. is very, cause they always describe him like a Panther, right? As, as he moves slowly, but there's no wasted motion. And you know, at any point he can just explode into violence. Yeah. And, and- I, I'm hoping they get into his swordsmanship in future yeah. seasons, right? Where he's doing the different moves, the the different. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, he he's the one that teaches Rand how to use a sword, and Rand's sword work. Oh, is I'm sorry, important. sorry. We're talking. About, I'm we're, we're I'm I'm conflating a couple different things here. Now. Oh, sure, I, sure. So yeah, we're we're mixing in uh, Rand and Lan. So you were yeah. you were discussing Lan. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I, I was just saying that that Rand, uh, Lan is the one that teaches Rand. Yeah, yeah, sword yeah. work. Yeah. So and I, I, was, I was describing that. Rand as being okay. six five and swarthy. Yeah. Lan, I mean, I I love. Yeah, they, he's smaller. You're right. He's a, he's the dude is the same size as Rosamund Pike, right? But like, yeah. I love the casting on Lan. The dude. Yeah, me too. Me too. No. Me too. He's he's a total badass. I and I can't wait to see. More he's just taking the character and making it his own. Yeah. Um. You know, from from Rand. Uh, I mean, he looks, he looks the part with that bright red hair. Yeah. And yeah. like, um, I just hope that, that he's able to kind of command that presence that Rand, like when Rand fills him, he's Superman, right? He's basically, he's, yeah. yeah, he's captain America. He's what, whatever, whatever you want to describe. He is the, the, the ace. Uh, and, 
I just think like they need to make sure that they, that comes through. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's also supposed to be, you know, 19, right? So he's, yeah. he, hopefully the actor and grows into the character as the character grows into the, the, the role, you know, as yeah. the character grows into what's his destiny is. And I, th- I think, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I'm hopeful, <laughs> you know, it's, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I mean, uh, overall, I've loved the show. It, it's had some very, uh, emo- like I don't know why I have such an emotional pull, but uh, when those when the SDI pulled together to still Logan, yeah, the fact that they hate each other, right? They hate each other, but they still like brought each other together and they remembered they were sisters. I don't know why that had a real strong emotional effect on me. Sure, there's there's been a couple other parts like that where I watched something happen and. It, maybe it's just something I've read about for so long and you see it happen in person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, dude. And, and you're just like, oh, man, I have a lot of like emotions or, or, or nostalgia, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, to that. oh, no, I totally get that. It's, it's something that you've read about and fantasized about, no pun intended, yes. and that to see it in live action, just make it's a vis- it's just a visceral reaction. Yeah. And like I had that same thing happen. You know, I went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, awesome. the awesome. movie is sick. I mean, we could do another 45 <laughs> minutes on that, but like the, and again, so I'm just going to, did you see it? I did. Okay, good. So I'm, so spoiler alert, I'm going straight into hard spoilers on that, but the part <laughs> where, where Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker dives yeah. off the building to save Tom Holland's Peter Parker's yeah. MJ, yeah. the movie MJ. Yeah. And he succeeds in saving her, whereas in the books, he wasn't, and in the in the Garfield movie, he wasn't able to save Gwen Stacy. That mm-hmm. was like a very visceral emotion, emotional part for me, because it's like, yes. no, this time he got a second chance and he did it and it worked, you know? Yeah. Um, and he felt it and I felt it, it was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so last thing on Wheel of Time, back to Wheel of Time, last thing on this is... Uh, is uh, Nynaeve, Nineveh, Nynaeve, kind of a hard name to hard name to sell, yeah. uh, hard name to pronounce. Um, but I think they say Nynaeve. Um, man, I I like I was kind of on the fence with her, and I, I still remain like I I sometimes I'm like perturbed, like just not perturbed. Um, sometimes I mean sometimes I just straight up don't like her, <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes I'm in awe of her, and that's the way the character is too in the book. So I'll give the actress credit for that. Yeah, it, and she she's doing a, a great job because I I think that's that's part of it. she's not supposed to be likable, correct? And, and I think she's prickly and she's she's got this sort of spinster attitude where she always thought she was going to be a wisdom. So yeah. she blocked everybody out. She like, she hates men, but, but she, she doesn't really, but she thinks that she's supposed to. Yeah. And, and I think that land, she catches land off guard and land catches her off guard. And I think you see this, the, this image of two people who are not used to letting anybody in for some reason, they decide to let each other in. And it is a really, neat thing i mean their 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 romance scene at the end is is whatever i thought it was much more powerful scene when lan is praying yeah and then she is talking about the 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 thing that her parents told her and he's like do you want me to tell you what that means like to me again that had a very emotional reaction because that's 
that's actually showing somebody that you care about them, right? Yeah, act- yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they had a little bit of a Hollywood minute, and that yeah. was fine. <laughs> yeah. um, it is what it is. But again, right? like you got to have some romance in the show, and I felt like yeah. they're, they're they kind of kickstarted that a little early. Like yeah. I don't remember that. I don't think they hook up in the first book. But they don't. Again, like you, you got to have some ro- you got to have some romance on a TV show, man. So yeah, they yeah. got to get into that. So I, I didn't begrudge them for that. I, mm-hmm. My only beef with Nynaeve is I think they made her, they've revealed too much of her power too soon. Yeah. So it's like, if like, how do you raise the stakes and one up this shit when she's already like demonstrate, demonstrated such extreme power well, you know, and they, in, in the absence of doing any kind of training or any, um, they haven't really hyped up that she can't access it except for in these extreme moments. And then she can access it in extreme fashion. Yeah. But she's never just tried to like cast a fire. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that they may have skipped over that part of her block because that's a huge part of her storyline. Correct. Yeah. And then once, once she learns how to get over that, which she, she does much later on, uh, but it's, it's a very powerful scene when that happens. And it almost like that, that whole thing, it was a little cheesy in Faldara when the sister channels through them and like takes their power and they're, they're, they're doing this like shaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I was like, you didn't need that. You could, you could do it a different way. You could have their eyes light up. You could have the chains between them, but the whole, like, you know, I don't remember that. Or, was that in the book? Oh, uh-uh. okay. No. Good. Cause I didn't remember any of that. <clears throat> and yeah, because no, because the 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 king or the general of Faldara leads them out in order to get the Trollocs away from uh, the Eye of the World. Yeah, and then they have a huge battle. Yeah, then, there was no battle. Like yeah, just there, five 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 women went out, linked up, and nuked a field full of Trollocs. Yeah, it's like why didn't the guys just stay in the in Faldara? Why did they go to the 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 Tarwin's Gap? Yeah, to get involved. Yeah, a guy got. Took a spear to the freaking sternum. Immediately, yeah, the king immediately <laughs> killed. <laughs> yeah. All right, homie. So my voice is getting hoarse. We've been chatting for what two and a half hours. Hey, it was it was good. Yeah, it was good stuff. I I can't wait to see what comes. Yeah, again. man. No, I appreciate your time, and I know like you've got to you've got to walk this narrow tightrope between like you know like I haven't read as far as you, so it's like you you always want to be like oh yeah, but this. this guy, <laughs> Yeah, you think you think Master Tame's a badass dude? Wait until you see what he does in book nine. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. And I'm like, oh hey, hey, I get, I can't wait to talk about this. And you're like, dude, I haven't got that far. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll I, I think you know season two is I think in production, and season yeah. three has been picked up. So yeah. you know we'll we'll be able to do a couple more of these. I enjoyed this deep dive. Sure. No, it was, it was fun, man. Thank you very much, and I had, I had an awesome time tonight, Moss. All right, boss. Well, uh, hey, happy New Year, man. Hey, you too. You too. We'll we'll get. To, hey, put that. Put your EDH classic together. Oh, dude, I gotta. I don't know what I'm gonna do for that yet. <laughs> I don't. I, need, got, I got refute going. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's gonna be just. I don't even know where to go on that one, man. Just probably, probably blue black. Pick something pro- blue black. Probably blue black. Probably <laughs> brain dead blue black. Just try to cast bargain and win the game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll draw 30 cards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, homie. I'm going to, I'm going to hit stop on the recording. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Peace.